opened my eyes into the world I came. Probably wanted to hurl in shame at their fake eyes like eight eyes. They spake me as I scream. Lord, it's wake me from this dream with a light tear barely gleam. And the night you hear the screams and the government fighting dreams. No one for peace, no one for me. Craziest ladies who watched their babies of iodine. Should I am fine like the print on a prenup? Though I felt my life consists of reading the papers with feet up, man. But I ain't tripping. Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206 451 42 Hey Bainbridge, Office Expats, the co-working space in the pavilion is a shared office for those of us who work remotely. We have fast fiber Wi-Fi and organic coffee. Keep us in mind too as a location for board meetings, depositions, or treat your team at work to an island offsite. This segment of the Bystander Podcast is brought to you by Eagle Harbor Insurance. We don't sell insurance, we help people buy it. This has always been their motto and continues. They understand every family has different insurance needs, be it coverage or premiums. No two cases are the same, and they will always do their best to guide you into the proper coverage to fit your budget. They are here to help anytime. Give them a call at 206-842-7410 or contact them online at eagleharborinsurance.com. GreatNorthernElectric.com, serving our Bainbridge and Kitsap neighbors with solutions for anything electrical in your home. 206-842-3620. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. I can't wait to talk about the Seahawks. I can't what? wait. I'm not going to start talking now because I, I don't want to talk myself out. Too late. You're you can talk time. Hawks? Oh, yeah. I love it. I'm yeah. excited. Making predictions and stuff. Oh, I'm looking at something else. I called 10 and 6 last I year, gotta, man. I got to do some shit tonight. I got a bunch of crap I got to do tonight. And I stuck at 10 and 6 after that 0 and 2 start, too. I said, they'll be 10 and 6. People said I was crazy. People did, right? Yeah. Carol gets it done, man. He gets it done. He does, man. Next man up. He knows how to. He knows how to motivate him. And you got a great quarterback, and you got a pretty easy system. You got accountability. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't. Yep. I like talking to the guys that have played for Belichick, and then they come over to play for Pete or like Cassius Marsh, who went over there, and he's like, "Oh my god, they don't have any fun. It's miserable." 
People are miserable. They win, yeah, but they do not have any fun. I mean, the culture here is just like, Which is you funny. know, they're just banging rap music most, and yeah. everybody's having fun. Right. Mo- most times when they're having fun, they're not winning. Which is why it's interesting that Pete can figure out what you know what I mean. Yeah, and and most times when they're just totally miserable, they're not they're not winning. It's so because that, it's the competition because it keeps them busy. Way, you know, yeah. I mean, there's never nobody's yeah. ever idling. It's like, come on, hoops hoops contest. Next thing, something. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. it's like being in my garage, yeah. dude. I love doing it. I love to compete. Yeah. I don't even care if I win. I just love being engaged yeah. like that. Like, come on, come on, we can talk while we play darts. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. All my friends just want to sit there sometimes and just drink beer across the table, and I'm just like, fuck, dude. Look, yeah. we can. <laughs> can I do something? Say all yeah, this yeah, while yeah, we're playing. Any number of games. I got like eight games in my garage. Too funny. Oh, we sit around play cribbage for hours. <clears throat> All right. Um, get comfortable. We'll get started. Yeah. Rock and roll. We're just gonna fly. You get, are your levels all right? We'll fix it in post production, oh. right? With our big staff of hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't want me to be too loud, man. Oh, for boy. an hour, you'd just be like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm counting on you. Johnny, Johnny's micromanaging the show already. Well, no, I pro- I'm just <laughs> warning you. I project. Uh, what's cracking podcast, Phil? You found the Bystander Podcast. Today, my guests are the most honest white boy, Johnny Evison, and Johnny, 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 and Ian Ritchie of Fantasy Fame. Um, he was second assistant manager at the Everett Mall of Fantasy Limited. Johnny also is uh, very famous for his Penthouse Forum articles. And they're here to discuss football with me today. How you guys doing? Super. And everything I just said was a lie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how, how do you think the Seahawks are going to project here, John? I'm going back and forth between 10 and 6 and 11 and 5. But I'm going to go with 11 and 5. High expectations, Ian. I'm going to Vegas next week. And so if Johnny's going 11 and 5, that means I'm betting the over. Uh, nine and a half wins. Can I go nine and a half? Is that fair? Uh, no, but you can put in a That's tie a, in there. You can tell who spends time in Vegas. Yeah, you know, not nine, nine would be acceptable. Ten and six, I'd be happy. They're going to be eleven and five. Eleven and five, I like John. I Stockton think the key team. is. I think the key is the takeaways, though. I know we're not going to turn over the ball a lot, but last year we had that intangible of. I mean, we we, we, had, we had a. We were plus twelve. Mm-hmm. I mean, we I think we were best in the NFL with uh, you know, in the turnover ratio. And I'm a little worried. I'm not seeing that much playmaking from from Shaq Griffin or, or Trey Flowers. I'm not seeing a lot of quarterback hits. That's the one thing that worries me. That could swing me back to ten and six is if we just don't get the turnovers like last. I'm not even that concerned with the injuries because we're already so beat up. And I, I think we're we're I think offensively we have a lot of depth. If we're going to use our running backs in the passing game, and I don't think we have to be that deep in receiver right. for the first six weeks. Probably. Yeah, I think we're deep in both running back and receivers for sure. Um, I love Ursua. I hope they don't. I do him. too. Yes, you know who's going to pick him up? I guarantee it. Yeah. Patriots. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they yeah, like yeah. that little white guy underneath oh, the yeah, receiver. Yeah, He's always it. open. Uh-huh. He's great in space. Yep. He reminds me of Angry Doug. I yeah. love him. But he probably want, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sold on Jazz Ferguson. He's a big body. Mm-hmm. I don't no. He wants a big body. Mech has a big yeah. body. More plays like a big body. Yep. We got a lot of 50 50 ball guys. But Moore's hurt. Yeah, for he's, two, two, three weeks at the most, though, right? He's, I don't know. I'm always uh, a little worried when Pete doesn't discuss too much of the injury. Like, we'll just kind of have to wait and see. Shuffle you know? over here. There's nothing yeah. to see. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> oh, he's going to be out a day or two. Yeah. Minor surgery. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> so do you, does ProSize make the roster? Yes. I think so. I, I hope so. so. I think so. Dude, I think that, just, that? just use him in a third down capacity. Just 
Keep him. He's yep. such a great weapon. We've seen him take over games with like uh, New England and Eagles. I mean, he owned those games. He's yep. dominated those games like Green or or Julio Jones or something. He dominated. And if if they just, I've always thought they got to limit plays. I always was saying that with Bennett too, because Bennett was getting banged up for a while. It's like you know what? Why don't you just give Bennett some rest on you know against Buffalo? Right. You know, at home. Buffalo, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I think they got to. I think we've got the depth to kind of rotate players in and out and just sort of. So you guys both think CJ makes the team? I think he makes the team. Look, if I if, put him on the practice squad, that's what if, I do. If you're playing a team that has linebackers that can't cover out of the backfield, he can absolutely kill those guys. You give him the ball in a little space, and that that for us, you're right. You have fifty fifty guys. You don't have a lot of guys that are going to beat guys off the line, so it's just nice for them to clear a little space out, leak him out of there a little bit. I mean, look, I like our running backs now, but I think I think Procise makes it. He's shown enough in the pass rate. He makes my team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the key is, does he come out of next week's game? Right. I mean, if, if, I if, if he gets a tweak, as even much as tweaks right. a hammy, he's not making the roster. But if yeah. he comes out healthy and performs well, I, I mean, there's such a big upside. And I think we're already pretty deep. I mean, I don't. Penny's injury last year to his hand was kind of a freak thing. Carson's mm-hmm. had some issues. Yeah. I think we're deep enough. And you know what? There's Behind this offensive line, if we have to go find the next Mike Davis, I mean, you can find any 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 – Decent, serviceable running back that can run between the tackles downhill can rush for seven, eight hundred yards behind this line. Well, I want to throw this out. Well, did you think we'd ever be yeah. saying that? That's terrible, isn't it? I, I like Homer and McKesson. McKesson, how do you McKissick? say? Yeah, McKissick. Yeah, I'm all think, right. I think he can. He's very versatile in uh, special teams. He can catch the ball out of the back. He's pretty darn quick. And then Homer just seems like he he knows the playbook very, very well. I like Homer. I like Bo Scarbo, too. I like how he just ran with his head down. He was a ram. I, I liked right. his running style. Yeah. Um, they start getting out of the last game. And they start getting the last cuss. It gets real interesting, you know, and, and, and then money starts coming into play. It's not always the best guy. It's not always the best fit. Money comes into play with guys that have contracts or guys that don't. Right. Or guys, guys like Mingo, where it's like, you know, right. Mingo's like five, five million bucks. Guys like, are going to make the team and other guys aren't. And, you know, it, it, it's a little tricky at the end. It's always an interesting situation. That's why, I like, um, you know, especially with injuries on other teams. You know, you, you start, you know, we were laughing the other night. You, st- you start showcasing some guy like ProSize. All of a sudden, he has a little bit of value. You get, in a, you get a few injuries around. Maybe he's got a fifth or sixth round value. You trade him off before you jump, before he doesn't make the practice yeah, squad, I, you I know? I'd rather keep him on the, the roster and yeah. have him personally account for three victories over the whole season. I don't care. Honestly, if he plays six games and basically owns three of them like mm-hmm. he did that year, that that's enough for me out of my third yeah. running back. I mean. So how many running backs do they keep? The four, at least. Four. It kind of depends if they Probably keep a four. fullback, which is kind of redundant. And this fullback doesn't really impress me. But if we're going to use Fant, that's part that's, of it. That's right. Because Fant's banged up. Because yeah. if we're going to use that jumbo package with Fant basically as an extra lineman, then the fullback becomes kind of redundant, I think. Mm-hmm. When you're doing the yeah, – absolutely. 100%. You can go one back for sure. You don't have to have two. Michael Robinson was our last really strong fullback that we had. He was great. What about – John L. Williams is a fullback too. Yeah, that seems like hey, Johnny's not messing around. He's got the nice old school Seahawks hat on. He's yeah, wearing yeah, the Fernando like Valenzuela's a Dodger jersey. He's is like the Chuck Knox. Here. It even yeah. makes me look like yeah. that old fifty-year-old yeah. coach. It's got that head shape. Yeah, like Johnny's the big rolling. block head shape. Yeah. Who do you like better, Patera or uh, Chuck Knox? Pete Carroll. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he said that. Was Option no, I liked Chuck Knox. I yeah. like Chuck Knox. Yeah, I like Chuck Knox too. That was fun. Yeah, and I, I like uh, what's his name, all right. Uh, um, you know, the, the walrus. I like Pete. Oh, Mike yeah, Holmgren. Holmgren. Yeah. I like Pete, too. He's been a lot of fun. Every year, these are the years they start doubting him. You know, they, they, they start doubting him last year. They're, everyone's doubting us this year. Mm-hmm. What well, I, you know, we, we continue to perform. I think there's some things to 
push pause on. You know, I, I don't think our defense is as, as stout as I would like to see, for sure. Yeah, but I Especially bet you we score defense, 30 points a game. So. Defensive line seems to be a point of weakness to me. Mm-hmm. I love that I'm fucking miserable. Oop, sorry. That's all right. We can edit the. We can, can we drop F bombs? No, we fucking can't. Okay. <laughs> I like that I'm miserable watching the game. I'm fucking miserable. I got two beers in front of me and a shot, and I'm yeah. just like, oh, I'm just leaning. It's like, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I'm like miserable. You are I stressed. look down there, and Pete's just like, yeah, chomping chewing, away at the gum. Having, you know, oh, yeah. It's game time. He's time just life. having fun. And, yep. and like that to me is so inspiring. I think it kind of makes him unpopular because I think there's this sort of unwritten rule with coaches. You're just supposed to be a morose, grumpy, and, yeah, Bill yeah, Belichick. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm a football coach yeah. and I hate every second of it. Kind of. Did you, did so you see his fair catch last, last game? Yeah. Punt went out of bounds. The entire team came over and just mauled him. And he's just casually chewing the gum, looking up like that. And right next to the assistant coach, catches it in the bread basket, elbows in. All perfect I could actually technique. see he was really not happy with the punt. When yeah. he right, right. <laughs> Dixon, Dixon hasn't wowed so far in preseason like he did last year. I mean, oh. he's been good. But I, I think, I mean, what I've talked to people who have been on the sidelines, uh, you know, watching during training camp and stuff, watching – He's got it. I mean, he's yeah. easy. Lays him on the one yeah. yard line, and they bounce back. We need all the little things. Yeah, I yeah. think if our we, special we teams. We need are, all the little things. We need well, to I make think the our field kicking goals. Game's we need to punt. Improve. We need to keep them back. Absolutely, we need all the little things to go our way. You I know? mean, we haven't. I don't think we've had Gunners as good since Ricardo Lockett. I think we're stacked on special teams because you know guys like Cody Barton and some of these young guys. I don't know if Burke Irvin makes the cut or not. He might. He, be they do a great job of bringing in a lot of guys that are hungry. You know what I mean, and and when you're hungry, you 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 come in special teams. You're ready to just lay it on the line. You know, Ben you know, I I hope he makes. I hope he does. We're just so deep in line. And, and I know. Calitro, I, I was um, right with last year, but God, yeah. he's actually looked really good. He, I know. Like, he's the Calitro's, one that stood out the most to me yep, preseason. Yep, absolutely. And he he looks like he's a, a step ahead, kind of like Michael Bennett when he wasn't offsides. Yeah. You know, kind of yeah. reading the play right, right, before right. it even came. Yep. Yeah. I, I think he's a lock now. To make the team, hey, you know this. This year's an opportunity for a lot of young guys on defense to step forward and make plays. You know what I mean? It, it really is. You, you, you got. It used to be ruled by everybody. You know, all the old school guys. They're gone, right? We don't have those guys to rule anymore. Earl's not around. You know, we don't have those guys. Last year, they were. It was all driven by injury. Now this year, it's their team. So yeah. it's interesting to see what kind of tone they're going to set early in the season. You know, who, who's going to step forward? It's nice to see Wagner get a big contract. It's interesting to have the linebackers be the center of the That's defense. exactly you right. I mean, they were always yep. great. We always had good linebackers. But yep. now, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the onus is really going to be on our cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. because The way we play. Yeah. I just don't see that much pressure. I don't see – I think. I mean, I think we'll be lucky to get 40 sacks. I think we can create some disturbances. But it's going to be we're, – we're going to have to be really good in coverage. And uh, Tedrick Thompson is just uh, – that makes me. Nervous. I mean, I almost rather points, remember when yeah. when when Earl came up. He made some mistakes. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. He, yeah. he made some instinctive plays that were. But he, he also be, made big plays. You know, that's why uh, I want Marquise Blair. Yeah. Just yeah. put McDougal speed. back there. I'll for, take exactly. Give me speed. Speed makes up for lots of mistakes, lots of misreads. Speed makes up for a lot of problems. And, and Amadi's got great yeah. instincts. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we're talking about him as our slot corner. I think it's a waste of his talent. I think he has the potential to be a really special type of free safety, like. Like Earl, right? In that right, mold, he's right. he's he's the the body size, just the speed, not just the straight line speed, but his you know his, his angles are good, his instincts. I don't know why we're talking about him as a slot yeah. corner. It, it'll be that's why I say like it'll be fun to watch the defense this year. It's an opportunity for a lot of guys to make an impression, stand out, figure out where they're going to be. This, this there's only a handful of spots that are really set. 
I feel like. You know what I mean? So I think there's going to be a lot of good opportunities for guys that really yeah, make a stand it, and show themselves. Yeah, it's open competition more Absolutely. than ever before. And there's no major dominating uh, personality, yeah. too. Yeah. You know? And LJ Collier, I mean, I, I think at this point he's just so far behind in the playbook and everything yeah. like that. That this, I don't think we expect anything out of this year. He's nope. not going to be a difference maker. Nope. Maybe nope. we get him some reps Agreed. so that in year two he can take – so that's out the window to me. I mean, he's not going to suddenly come in and make a – And what draft choice was he? He was he was our f- number one choice. Yeah. He was like number twenty five. Twenty five. I was thinking. No, 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 no. We, we, we traded all the we way traded back down. to like twenty eight. Yeah, we traded down and got eight picks or something. Snyder. Yeah, that was See, crazy. That's the, usual, thing. the usual Snyder's Snyder move. A, he's amazing. I love his story about when he decided to be the GM. Yeah. He realized what his first because he's you know he's such a great uh, judge of talent and he said my first. I was the first guy I judged. Yeah. He got a football scholarship, <laughs> yeah. and he's third on running back in the depth chart, and he's standing on the sideline one day, and he's like, well, this guy's bigger than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy's faster than me. Yeah. I love football. I'm never going to play pro football. I want to do this for my whole life. And then they, they, he just started picking up the phone and bugging the GM of yeah. Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Like, I just Give love I just love yeah. that, that yeah. hunger, that, like, I just, I just watching them work together is just, I just... I don't, I, I don't know, man. So far, it's been magic. Yeah. Well, and that's mm-hmm. 10 years. So, so far, far, it's 10 years. Ma- that's what I'm saying. And, every, and for the last handful, they've been saying, oh, Pete's losing it. Pete's losing it. When, when they traded down this year, I was actually hoping they were trading down to get greedy from LSU. You know, I was really hoping mm. they were going to get a good cornerback there. And they always surprise me with the draft. I, I, I can never, you know, we do a lot of draft contests, right, where we have people mock draft out and do things. We can never get the Seahawks right. Like, there's certain teams, you kind of have it figured out. Oh, they're going to get one of these two guys, right? can never, ever figure the Seahawks out. And I think that's what makes draft day so interesting for the Hawks. We normally trade down. I'm waiting for that one where all of a sudden we're sitting here going, oh, we're going to trade down again. And all of a sudden, the Seahawks have traded up for number two. (laughs) It it will happen. It will happen eventually. Oh, I'll lose it, man. I will fall out of my chair. Probably always trading down for value. You know, it's always value, value, value. It'd be amazing mm -hmm. to trade up and just go, we're taking our guy. And, and you, you know, know, you see that. Well, that's what they said they were doing with Rashad too. Penny. They said they right. would have chosen right. Penny at fourteen or fifteen, yeah. whatever they had. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little worried. He yeah. doesn't impress me as as he's that pretty high good high. in space, but he just can't get into space because right. he can't run between the tackles. Yeah. I mean, I think he's good if you pass to him in the flat, but I, I, until I see that decisive first step and first mm-hmm. cut out of him, it seems like every time he tries to make a decisive first cut, yeah, he is indecisive. He slips. Yeah. Yeah, he's fallen like yeah. four times on the turf. Well, you see that passion that Carson runs with, and then, and then Penny comes to the game. He does some nice things, but he doesn't have the chip. Yeah, no, One, Carson's the alpha dog. He doesn't have I the mean, chip. You just feel it, right? Yeah, and you, you see uh, it in the arms. The yeah, arms tell the dude. story. Right. Yeah, yeah, dude, he's got a wrinkle got, in the back. Yeah, yeah he's got scars. a horseshoe. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, he's a he's a oh branding right? Specimen. Yeah. What college used to do that? Was that Alabama? That that's a there's a fraternity that does it too. I forget what the name of it is. I'm not getting branded. Yeah. Oh, I mean the actual horseshoe, yeah. the triceps. Yeah, I grew up, my father <laughs> oh, was a bodybuilder, yeah. so when I talk about musculature, I can really <laughs> I can talk about the striation of muscle groups, anything like that. Did you that. see how uh, giddy he got right there? Hell yeah. Hey, <laughs> don't get gyms. Johnny talking about muscle. I hate gyms, yeah. dude. <laughs> I hate them. I grew up, I chipped my tooth when I was like eight years old and spotting my dad in the gym. I hate him. Damn, you must have been a big eight-year-old. Yeah. Or your dad was not a very big bodybuilder. Well, he was natural. Eight, huh? He was a champion, but he wasn't doing any steroids or anything, you know. So he didn't have twenty-inch biceps; they were like fifteen inches or something. Not quite like the Rock. I know what fifteen inches looks like. So. I, know. I know. Ouch! <laughs> Lots of jokes, sir. So you, let's get back to running backs. What do you guys think about Arthur Homer? 
Oh, Travis Homer? Travis Homer, yeah. I, I mean, I, I haven't seen that much. He looks like a I, – I, I don't – he looks like a workman guy. He does. He doesn't really have the size, though. Right. I, mean, I, don't, I would wonder about his durability. I think of like somebody like Thomas Rawls who likes to run with that reckless style, but they just maybe don't have the body type for it. But, I mean, there's, you know. You get glimpses of guys in preseason, and you kind of become the fan, right? And you yeah, follow like Cason Williams last yeah, year, right? Right, right, right. And then, we cut, and then you go, oh, I can't How believe he didn't cut? make it. And then, and then he doesn't make it anywhere. Because he couldn't create right? separation. Like, you get these little glimpses, and, and you, and you want to think, oh, man. Like that's gonna that's gonna mm-hmm. project out for X number of games, but it's a, it's a, it's a snapshot in time. Like you know, when th- th- this I'll give you a great example. This summer, right when uh, when yeah, I watched switch that chair, yeah, this chair is squeaking a bunch. The, the, I, I, I watch a bunch of baseball games, right? And I and I watch all these college coaches recruiting all these kids, right? And you know, and all the kids think, oh God, all these coaches are here. I got to hit a home run. I got I got to throw no hitter. I guess they're actually hoping you struggle. When they watch, they watch over time, right? Yeah, the, if you, I'm sure if you hit a 450 foot home run, yeah, great, wonderful. But they're, they're watching kids over time, right? And so a lot of times they want to see a little adversity. They want to see you struggle a little bit. They want to see you, how you handle it. How are you, your teammates? When everything's going how great, you yeah. When everything's going great for that one, you know what I mean? Hey, it's easy. When everything's going like crap, right? How are you reacting? Are you playing harder? Are you doing other things to help your team win, right? And so sometimes we we see these guys, right, in a snapshot in a preseason game where he gets a quarter. Right, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh man, you see that drive? He had four catches, <laughs> right? And and you fall in love with this thing. They see this thing every day in practice, battling the corners every day. They see it on film. They see all the other things that we don't get to see. We just we focus on that. We fall in love with guys, and that's the honestly, that's kind of the cool thing of preseason, though, all right? Because they're the underdogs, and you start rooting for those guys, but very rarely do those guys actually kind of do what you're hoping they're going to do or what that snapshot shows because because by now they would have gotten a bigger opportunity if they were doing that in practice consistently if they mm-hmm. were doing that and beating the, the real guys like by now in the preseason they'd be working those guys to see what they get a real look with the first team a bunch yeah, you know what, we saw it happen with Russell Wilson and Matt Flynn you know, yeah, he just won great the job example. and, and yeah. it's like you said they saw just how he worked on the playbook how he was the latest mm-hmm. guy there absolutely I like the way they draft for like when thinking that this adversity thing I think that's what's so fascinating about how they draft they want these guys that grew up in bad neighborhoods yeah. with single moms that were really committed that are yep. used to adversity and and I just wanted to say the one thing about Travis Homer the one thought I had watching him last game is kind of reminded me of Philip Lindsay from Denver. Mm. You know what I mean? He was kind of he was uh, elusive and kind of quick around the yeah, end and yeah. and uh, he was decisive in his running. Yeah. And and apparently he can, you know, he, he was a receiver in college too. I mean like a, a, a pass catching running back. Pass catching running back. JD yeah. was a receiver in college yeah, too, he right? He actually mm-hmm. lined up mm-hmm. as a receiver McKissick did, but like we we that's, don't need that like skill him. set that bad and I don't I think we're so deep at special teams. We have an eye for those guys. It seems to me that you know like we we were talking about Carroll and those guys and how awesome it is and the draft and everything like we seem to have an eye for the corners that are big, tall, 6'3", long arms, right? There's certain things we look for in our guys, we right? We invented so, those metrics. Right. So we, we, we're comfortable in that in, the, in those later rounds of the free agency, taking those tall guys, long arms, right? Now other teams are on to that, <laughs> right? Like you're saying, Everybody's right? drafting like So that. all of a sudden, maybe some dude you're getting in the fifth or sixth, now he's going in the fourth because such and such team, the Rams are taking the, you know what I mean, or whatever. So mm-hmm. so that model's getting played a little bit, which makes it tougher. But we've also had this little nice little thing of where we get guys like that that are former little slot guys or under undersized this, it's a size, it's a McKissick, it's a Homer, you know what I mean? These mm-hmm. these guys that, you know, you're kind of trying to figure out, they, they just make plays. Yeah, they, just, I, they just make plays. They're good athletes. You know what I mean. So how do you how do you fit them in in your spots? Well, I think you fit them in on kickoffs and punts too. Mm-hmm. 
You know, yeah. that's where they could add value. Going back to what you said earlier, that snapshot, is, that's a product of Sports Center highlights. Mm-hmm. So we gravitate towards the Sports Center highlight as opposed right. to going down to practice and seeing what's going on day in and day out. Right. Well, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. You know, it's funny because I read a lot of player news from the camps, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you, you forget that it's one person's opinion of what they see. And so, you know, we, you, you, you put together a little snap of five or six people that follow that team, and you're going to get three or four different opinions. Some people share things, but you're going to get multiple opinions on different things. And, it, and it's interesting because you're right. When you talk about Sports Center that way, you know, it, it definitely shapes your opinion because you're not watching every preseason game. Like, you may be watching the Sunday ticket on Sunday morning and flipping and watching every game and not missing much, right? But right. you're not watching all in preseason. Red zone. You get what they give you, mm-hmm. right, for the most part. they get You, you get the, the highlight package they show, and they're going to show that one drive, four for 48 with a touchdown, you know, and, and then you start following that guy and fall in love with him. How do you guys feel about the Andrew Luck situation, him retiring and the whole stadium well, at least booing him? Finally, put the who's a better quarterback, Russell Wilson, or Andrew <laughs> Luck argument. Like, why was that even a debate for fucking seven years? Right? Yeah. Why, I mean, it, it's clear the guy that's on the field's the better quarterback. The guy that's yeah. won the Super Bowl and almost won another Super Bowl is the better quarterback. Yeah. The guy that throws to Jermaine Curse after four passes have bounced off his hands yeah. for an interception. The guy that has the nuts to th- run him on post route as time expires and trust him with the game. Right. That's it. I, I, intangible. I'll take him over Mahomes. I'm not kidding. I, I, I love the package of Mahomes. I, I, Russell does. He does a lot of the same stuff with Russell. He, mm-hmm. throws, he, he plays like a ball player, you know, yep. like an infielder. He throws across his body well. A slinger. Arm angles. I like it, but I, until I see him really win, win. and sustain win, yeah. it's part of Russell Wilson's. I mean, I, the guy's personality is drippy. I mean, I think he's a nerd, but I, I, I admire his he, – on game day, there's not a quarterback I'd take over him. We saw him against Mahomes. He out Mahomes Mahomes. Right, right. I right. just think mentally he's – I don't – I mean, mentally, he's just so – he's unbreakable, dude. He's we saw lo- it in that, that Green Bay game was the most amazing end of a football game I've ever seen. That guy literally never – Yeah, yeah. He, does, he, he never believed quit. they were going to win the freaking – Right. They were going to get – How, how well, often does an it, onside kick even work? It, he it, knew it, they were going to get it, – It's the sadness of it, – it's really the sadness of the situation you're talking about with Luck that, that now things like this, it's just – it's a no-brainer. Oh, Russell's just – he's just better than Luck, right? Luck's still Luck, in a couple it, top when four categories. He, so a couple – one, he still may come back, right? It's amazing what a year off will do. Okay, so I'm not going to write him off quite yet. They let him keep $24.8 million, right, as a, as, a, as a good gesture. Okay, the only reason they did that is I to leave – use that good right? gesture. The, the, I'm still the, the trying the reason, to get re- right, reimbursed right? for but my the, tour five the, months uh, ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. But the reason they do that, right, they're leaving the door open. Right. In goodwill mm-hmm. that he might come back after a year of mental and, 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 and physically being able to rest his body. So that's, that, that's one thing. But, you know, one knock on him when he came out of college was he likes it. He doesn't love it. Yep. I mean, you can see it. I mean, and that's OK. Yeah. Right. I respect that about it. I mean, he's like the, probably the best red player in the NFL. He's really smart. He, Absolutely. He, he can see yep. a future of himself, especially with a $50 million head start where he can be anything he yeah. wants. He's a where Stanford he, he was, boy, he, right? Yeah, he's a Stanford, Stanford boy. I mean, come I mean, on. But like, man, he, like he would have gotten to Stanford if he didn't play football right. is my feeling. You know what I mean? Yep. I think he's mm-hmm. really sharp. He's a smart guy. But That's exactly right. Exactly what Ian said, though. You always got the feeling that, I mean, he's even said as much at points, I That's, think, and yeah. can't in moments of candor that it's, yep. you know, that there's life is bigger than when, football. Russell does not feel that no, way. No, no. Well, when, when you call the bank, when you call Bank of America, right, and you call your little line, you can, it's, it's a little balance number, right, on number one, and it says, you've got $94 million in your account, Right. And then the next day you're on, on, on right in front of cameras going, I'm not living the life I want to live. 
Okay. Like when he said that, I'm done. Like that's all good, man. When like everybody deserves to live the life that they want to live. Whatever happy. that is, man, it's all good. Like I'm I'm it, it, it's not oh, he was too weak to deal with it. He was, you know, these guys deal with depression, they deal with all sorts of stuff off the field that we have no idea, anxiety issues, whatever. But when when you're comfortable like that and you're not living the life you want to live, there's a problem. You know what? If they would right. have had an offensive line for him for three years, that might have been – because we think Russell took a lot of yeah, hits. Yeah. That guy took way more hits than Russell. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, he may never yeah. have had injury problems right. that they would have – I mean, so I think he probably feels a little let down by the organization in general. You let me just run around there and expect me to carry anything. You can do nothing to protect me, nothing to – you know, I think he's probably more informed about CTE and things like mm-hmm. that. I'll bet you he's got problems. I mean, he's got thoughts on everything. I think he's right, probably right. – he's got exactly. – he thinks the CBA is bullshit. I mean, like yep. he's got all this – he's just a smart guy, and that doesn't necessarily make you great. You want guys well, that are football smart. You do. But, like, I mean, look, they, they – to what you're saying, John, you're totally right because, you know, they, they throw the ball 60% of the time, right? When you're throwing the ball 60% of the time, your dude's going to get hit. And when the Seahawks threw 60% of the time last year, they were 0-2. Right, they they went back the other direction. They start winning. Right, there's a, there's a correlation to that stuff. And the more you throw, the more hits you're going to take. Game after game after game after game. And he's 29 years old, and he cannot get his body healthy. And he's got that much money in the bank, dude. And if you're not driven, like Russell Wilson wants to be the greatest quarterback right. that ever lived. And yep. Andrew Luck yep. obviously doesn't care that much, yep. and that's fine for him. Yep. I think it's a smart move considering who he is. Absolutely. Because, you know, he's going to be in better shape when yep. he's 55 years old that's right. than any other guy, you know? Yep, go for it, man. I'm all for it. And you see football players now that there's so much uh, knowledge about the CTE situation. They're cashing out a lot earlier. You know? mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about, you know, the front lobe of the, the brain doesn't really develop fully until you're 25? And that could be your third-year contract in the NFL. And you, you could be toast real quick for the rest of your life. Right. I mean, yep. it's a dangerous game. Is it ever going to get to a point where we're going to suspend this sport in, the, in America? No. Ideally, technology can help with a lot of that. They're trying with different helmets and things, with immediate readings and things Everybody like that. Everybody but one guy. But you know what would be nice? Yeah, right. You know what would be nice, though? And people think I'm crazy. Flag football? No, that that'd be great. Oh, it'd be a lot. It'd be a lot of fun to watch. But you know, make them wear leather helmets. Mm-hmm. Guys will not but go rugby. Fl- yeah, r- rugby guys. Don't guy, wear they are not going to go flying in there and nail some dude with their head if they don't have a helmet on. Right. There's a reason the rugby guys and the guys don't do it. Like you figure it out real quick. You don't hear the rugby dudes going, "Oh, the concussions in rugby," the same way you do in the NFL. That's a tough guy sport. Super but, tough. But but you 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 go no helmet or you go leather helmet, you're not the same way you are launching yourself into things the same way, right? That's an interesting point. I'd rather see that than the, the, the rule changes. Some of the rule changes are just driving me insane because yeah. they're just not clear cut and, and uh, they don't take in pass can- interference now. Oh puke. I know. They're really <laughs> I mean I think the problem with I think the question you gotta ask is how popular can it remain as a youth sport because that's your next generation you know what i mean it's already declined look at the island here yeah i don't think the game i think the game i don't think the game will go away i think they are going to have to keep doing things to accommodate it but the the thing is is that i think 
and this is going to be an unpopular opinion among many people, but I think, I don't think a lot of guys make it to the professional level without knowing what the risk is. Like, right. okay, I know what the risk of being, you know, hopelessly alcoholic writer. I mean, I've got <laughs> generations and generations of, you know, the... the Hemingways and you know, such. I, you know, <laughs> Dickens was a, junk, a laudanum junkie. I mean, I, you know... I, I know what I'm getting into. You know what I mean? It's like for the guys that love the game, they they tell you like, yeah, I know it's a risk, but this is like, you know, it's like you know, what Bukowski said, find the thing you love and let it kill you. Look at I MMA. Look at boxing. You know what I mean? There, there's well, boxing's going some... to bare knuckles now. It, yeah. Because that's safer now too because yeah. you're not going to punch the guy It's like as his mother helmet exactly argument. Exactly right. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. You know what I mean? Like you, 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 th- you continue to do things that you think create safety, Right. And, and you start going too far with all the new stuff, right? I would love to see them go with no helmet. I think that would be amazing. Um, my son's going for this first day of football today. And he's only played flag football before, and he's never played tackle. And, you know, one of the things that made him somewhat interested in playing today was the idea that, one, he doesn't have to play defense. He doesn't have to hit anybody. Okay. Two, uh he wants to get in there and they're going to throw the football and every single route they run is a two or three step drop. Bang, bang, just quick, 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 quick. And that made it exciting for him and fun. And, and to get to your point about junior football and, and how are numbers going to get back in theory? Or is it going to go away? I honestly, and the NFL players union would hate this, but if they lowered the number of players that were on the field, yeah, make it seven aside. Yes. That's what I love about flag. And it was more spread that way. Yeah. Everybody's going out for passes, right? Everybody's covering. You got one guy rushing. You can't – I mean, it's it, – Yeah, it's, it starts to sound like these college games. I know. I don't like all the spread offenses. I like my linemen. Yeah. With their, I like the trenches, yeah. man. I, yeah. I, I just – I don't like I, – I love that – I love that we're just a smash mouth, run it down their throat yep. team. I don't, I don't want to well, play for a team. See, the thing is, is that's okay when you're a pro. Right. As you get older, I just think as they're getting as they're getting there, like we throw kids right into football tackle. Right. We started a flag program on the island so they would start to understand how to play football before they're thrown into tackle. Right. If they decide they want to play. And so, you know, you get four or five kids a year or three or four kids a year that go from flag into tackle or whatever. All of a sudden, you know, in a four year high school program, you got an extra 16, 18 kids like it's it makes a big difference. Right. So I'm thinking more step by step right when they're 25 you, you say the brain your front lobe right and your brain is fully developed so you know maybe when they're there's a step between the flag and Tackle. i'm getting my head taken off by a dude who's 220 to be honest it goes to garfield that's running a 4-4 <laughs> god i don't want to get hit by that guy i'm 15 i'm a freshman and that dude's gonna take my head off didn't you know? didn't some <laughs> schools get in tackle that guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah didn't some schools Get into like a weight class league instead of 3A or 4A. It's like if you don't have any players over 150 pounds, you're going to play in this league. If your team is stocked with 150 to 220 pound guys, you're going to play in the upper leagues. Yeah, they've tried that in junior football. They've tried everything. And to be honest, the island, we've tried everything. We were in junior football over on the east side and we'd go over there. And I mean, just to be honest, most of the teams would lose. You know, there, there was a rule you can't lose, but be, it's either 32 or 33 points. So funny. You can't be behind by more than that. So the team's beating you that bad. 
our Bainbridge guys, and then you know, see the mercy other... rule. We had it yeah, in softball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A right. lot of our Oakers yeah, you're, games you're ended. Not allowed by to that score. One. Yeah. So these guys would do all these weird stuff, and then it's kind of like I'd almost prefer them scoring. You know, but we did that. We did the East Side football. Didn't work. We came back here over the Olympic League because quote it was going to be easier. Right. And then we got our clocks cleaned over here. Right. And now there's some like hybrid. They went to some other league and they're really trying to find their footing. Where do we fit in? You know, you, yeah. have, a, you have a bunch of programs that have four and five teams in every age group. And we, we you know, we have 15 kids for a you, team. You can't <laughs> compete with Bellevue and Skyline. No. Just been powerhouse schools for forever. Yeah. yeah. I remember going to a Skyline game and the people that were in the stands, I forget who the third person was, but Will Smith and Wayne Gretzky. We're sitting next to me watching their kid play, you know, and I'm like, yeah, and they've got boosters. At yeah. the, I mean, they're almost like collegiate. At the, they had the flown oh, yeah. California team up. Yeah, that's actually happened. There's a the Pinnacle High School is coming up to play Eastside Catholic. They're playing on the the weekend of the 20 through 23rd of September. Pinnacle High School from uh, this is a great story. Actually, what we're talking about, they have a um, Pinnacle High School is coming up to play Eastside Catholic, and they're 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 a team from Arizona. There's a kid on that team. He's a freshman, and his, his his name is Deuce. Okay, Deuce is a beast. Okay, Deuce is a freshman. Okay, Deuce Robinson. Remember that name. Okay, Deuce's dad played at Florida State. He he played uh, he played football for Bobby Bowden, and he played baseball for Mike Martin. He played two sports at Florida State. This guy is an amazing athlete. His son Deuce is huge. Okay. He's never played a down of tackle football yet. Never one down. He's played seven on seven. He's played flag. He has a full ride offer from Arizona State University already. This kid. He's on this pinnacle team that's coming up to play Eastside Catholic that weekend in September. And this kid's about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and he just mosses people. He goes right over the top and just pulls in the ball. He's fast and he's big. He's the most amazing athlete I've ever seen in my life. It's unbelievable. Remember that name, Deuce Robinson. I'm not going to forget the name Deuce, man. I'm deuce. already thinking about dropping He's, a deuce. He, yeah, yeah, right. and deuce <laughs> yeah, drops yeah. back. Yeah, and, right? So think about that. The kid has never played a down of tackle football. He's played seven on seven, and he's played flag, and he has a full ride offer to ASU. So, you know, that route can happen. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but, like, you could start to see that more and more, that kind of stuff, the more kids that play seven on seven and flag and, and not tackle. I feel for those kids, too, that have that talent and size and ability. And, you know, he's got to go through four years of high school and then four years of college still before he gets to the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. And that's that eight, eight years of abuse. Yeah. Hey, well, you're up real quick. We switch chairs out. Yeah, yeah. You want me to switch my chair? Yeah, it's driving me nuts. Yeah, I, don't know why. I told you to turn my volume down. Tim's over there going, oh, shh, quiet. They're too loud. <laughs> I thought I wasn't supposed to talk about dropping deuces. It was no, 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 no. I wanted to shout out to Clint Dempsey since we had brought up the deuce. Deuce just, Bigelow, too. No, you, I did it. Remember, I was better. calling play-by-play for a while for Bainbridge Little League maybe about 10 years ago. I was up in the booth, you know, watching the game, but I would actually call it like play-by-play. It was actually distracting, but the parents got a kick out of it, you know. You think? John, Johnny was a great <laughs> baseball player at Little League at Rotary back in the day. I was a yeah. legend. Johnny was, there was a kid Johnny was really good. Though, and, I was so, and he drew a walk, and I was just like, yes. <laughs> and the guy, guy got to say, Sousa marches down to first after he takes oh, oh, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, see, see, to Johnny, that was funny. He's going to work that into a book somehow. Yeah. No, Johnny back in the day, Rotary, man. Johnny was a good baseball player. He he was, you were a Tiger? Yeah, we were a Tiger. Johnny was a Tiger. We won it. 
The Max Wisner dynasty. Max Wisner dynasty. It was. Johnny was a great player. There were some good players on that team. You had Mark Wynn on your team. He was younger than you, wasn't he? Yeah. Me and Steve Todd, Steve Scott Todd. Leroy. Steve Todd. Oh, yeah. Steve Todd O-mates. was a great player. Yep. Yep. You had O-mates. Yeah. yeah. He was my catcher. Yeah. I never turned it over or anything like that. I was undersized. I mean, we, we went all the way to state in like my 13-year yeah. year, and I was like the ace of the staff. Mize was the hard thrower, yep. but he'd get in trouble after oh, yeah. like two and yeah, a third yeah. innings. Yeah, just yeah. no control. And so I'd pitch the last four and a third right. or whatever. Shut out ball. Never turned it over. Just spotted my pitches. I was yeah. like Moyer before Moyer. Yeah. Mm. Johnny I just was good. Changed man. my yeah, speed. Well, I, that's why I'm good at darts. Yeah. I've got hand-eye coordination, but I'm not the athlete. Like this guy is an amazing. Ian is still so fast. <laughs> like he used to lead off for the Ophers. Man, he just gets around the base pass so fast. I mean, I'm just like, whoa, dude. I mean, he'd be lapping me. Economical but I have running. great hand-eye. That was my thing. Yes, and, he did. Yeah, but I'm not. That wasn't that great. There was, there was. You were, you were the Tigers. There was. Uh, remember the Seagulls? Oh yeah, Dick Coons. Dick Coons. He, he, he was. They were the. They were the dynasty before yeah, we came. Yes, they were. Yeah. See, I was. A li- I was younger than Johnny, so we used to. St- I used to stalk the baseball fields and watch all the guys Johnny's age play when I was in little league, younger than them. What Who did you end up playing? I was. I, I played for. Uh, I played for Mr. Walker. I was in the Pirates. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mark was, Walker. Yeah, yeah. I played for Mr. Walker. I Mr. played for him as a Jet. Yeah. Oh, I was nine. Yeah. See, I, re- I back then you got drafted onto a team and you stayed on that team the whole time when you were in majors. It was actually mm. cool. So they they go and they watch and then they they kind of project you out that way and they so. But that's back then when. When they had coaches that would stay and they'd coach for years. It wasn't a dad for a year and then he's out, then another exactly. coach. Like it was a dynasty. Bill like, Wyman, Max Wisner, yes, Nick totally. Coons, exactly. Mark Walker, right. Bobby Rogers, dad. I remember every coach yes. and they were you, always there. You, and, and they'd coach forever, forever and ever. They were literally coaches for a long time and Smoking it created continuity. In the dugout, Mark yeah. Walker. He's like Jimmy Leland. He was a pirate yeah. too. He'd be sitting in the dugout yeah. with like a cigarette in his mouth, walking out to the mound, looking like a. Oh, I'll tell you, when, when Mr. Walker, I still remember when, when I got the call from Mr. Walker. His actually, his daughter I think still lives on the island. Yep, his she, son. I just gave her. A, uh, she works at this daycare down here. I just gave her go. a uh, a playpen. Yeah, I, I said kidding. free on Facebook. Right. She said I'll take it. Uh, so I dropped it off right there. Yeah. Yeah. His, so and his oldest son is a, a teacher. He's a PE teacher at uh, I think Woodward. And, yeah. Uh, or he might have gone over to North Kitsap. Yeah. God, it's not yeah, weird. David. But anyway, yeah. I mean, when I got the phone call from, from 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 him, from Mr. Walker, that was the big call. You know, you got drafted by Mr. Walker. Oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it was good, yeah. oh, man. Those are good days, man. It's still Rotary down there. That's what's kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's still at Rotary. It's the same same, same fields. I mean, it, it's different. They redid it. and I. But it's still the same dirt, the same field. I have the home plate. From uh, when they remodeled and they read, <laughs> how dumb is that? When they redid that, <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> they, they, yeah, <laughs> and they redid the whole fields how it is. Like I, I took home plate. Like That's that had amazing. been there forever. It's got some history. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of good players gone through there. And anyway, so just all the history of growing up and playing baseball there. And so remember in the plate. legends before you, you never saw play Tracy Gupsh. Right. <laughs> Dave Tripp. Yeah, These Dave names Tripp. of guys yeah, that graduated yeah. high school in like 1980, but like yeah. they were legends. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 100%. Uh, Not funny. Uh, Raleigh. Uh, Raleigh. Uh, God, there's a kid. Uh, yeah. Gosh. Dude, guys, you never saw play. Yeah. Like, he was saying you would go stock. You go stock the leagues. Yes, that's how my kid was. When I was, when my kid was seven years old, you know, we talk about select baseball or select soccer or whatever. We were, when he was seven years old, he would go. He would want to watch the select teams. He wanted to be part of it so bad. He was six and seven. He wanted to be part of it so bad. And they didn't really start till they were nine. He would literally on a Saturday morning make me drive him to Puyallup <laughs> to watch the twelve U whatever Bainbridge team of kids he doesn't really know. And and I would drive to Puyallup to watch some eight a.m. game of them in some random tournament. I had no idea. And I'm sitting. And I'd be sitting there against the fence watching. All these parents looking at me going, "What?" 
what, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, I'm literally in Puyallup at 8 a.m. in the morning. Oh, my, my son wanted to watch your kids play baseball. <laughs> yeah, flash forward. Now the kid's, you know, playing at one of the best baseball, the Division One baseball schools in the country. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the kind of passion. I mean, that's, that's what we were talking about being parents. And it's like, like I, all I wanted to do is this kid is throw a ball. My kids haven't been very interested. My kid plays the electric guitar. He does. He likes to write and paint. And he's kind of artsy. And I just figure, you know, you could tell with Jer- the kids that are going to, ex- they just want to. I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ian's been, I've watched him from afar just be amazing at like facilitating, but like his kids just wanted to play. You know what I mean? It, it's modeling. Your, kids, it, yeah. your kid just wanted Showing to throw it. a ball. Like, Well, no, no different. You, your, your son sees you coaching and be so committed to out there being a coach for the soccer teams, right? And when they see that commitment and work ethic from dad, they create that own work ethic and commitment themselves too. You know what I'm saying? I mean, your, your, your kid sees you right all the time, right? How hard you work. And, and, and your kids seeing that effort creates effort in them and a work ethic in them, which is, is just so important to whatever you decide to do. That's modeling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's why I try to constantly like throw my phone in the other room when I'm around my kid because I don't want to model that behavior. My modeling oh, is a little man, inconsistent. Oh, I, yeah. Dude, I mean, I'm I do. You know, like last week we spent like I spent like 150 bucks in like nine hours building these dioramas. You know, we bought AstroTurf. We built out a frame. We go to the modeling shop. We get trees. We, we make stencils for rivers, different colors, spray oh. paint. You know, so like I'm spending really intense time with That's them. incredible. And then at night I put them to bed and go out in the garage yeah. and drink 12 <laughs> beers and write till 3.30 in the morning. Just at least you're not drinking. Cranking gangster rap, you know, because yeah. I'm just out in the. So yeah, luckily so they're asleep for most of that. So that what gangster rap are you listening to right now? Oh, just the same old good stuff, Ghetto Boys, and yeah. you know, NWA. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I just use that as an example. My yeah. music is really eclectic. I yeah. got like four thousand records, yeah. but the, yeah, you do. Have I tend to go the there vinyl. really late at night. NWA. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah, me too. I made the mistake of playing that in front of my kids once. And now they think a few of the songs are really great because they went and they they're like, "What is that? one Easy. song? One time, one time they heard an Easy song. Yep, and then they're going to look it up on the internet, right? And now they got it all down. Well, now now tough, they know about man. AIDS. Like, I mean, because yeah. I put some ghetto boys <laughs> yeah. on a tape and it's like, ah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's hard. That Office Space uh, soundtrack is excellent. It is excellent. And that song, yeah, song yeah, with and it's well, and it's mostly ghetto boys because you got Scarface has got mm-hmm. the song, and then there's two ghetto boys. Yeah, no, that that is an amazing soundtrack. Yeah, I want to ask one more question about baseball, and then get back to these Seahawks because we got to stay somewhat on topic, and we got to talk about Ian's thing too. What? What? We don't have to. Oh, you know, talking about my. Oh come on! Look, he's getting a little glimmer in his eye. Oh come on! It's been such an odyssey. You gotta give him a few minutes to. The biggest smile he's had all day. But uh, Robbie Stevenson played little league on a baseball team here on Bainbridge Island, and they almost made it to the World Series. They did. No, they did make it to the Little League World Series. They just didn't win. Hey, can you tell me a little bit about that cat? Um, you know, we followed that team. It was right when. When we moved to Bainbridge, it was in 2001, I believe. And, you know, what's, what's awesome about it was is it, it created a dream among a lot of kids. Oh, Our bet. Little League went from five or six teams to 12 teams and 11 teams. And, and this big – because it was such an and, – and, and, and I was here and it made an impact on me. And a guy down the street from us, Brant Gibbler, his son was on the team. And, you know, and, and these, these kids are on these teams. And you follow this odyssey the whole way. And it was awesome to be part of that. And you get to watch it on ESPN now – not probably a year ago, I watched the tapes. Right, oh, wow. Austin Hurt, who's a who who uh, who's the assistant golf pro down at Wing Point. He was on that team. Uh, you know, a lot of kids still have Robbie Stevenson connections. to This community that played on that team. The 
fungo bat, the bat that they use to hit their ground balls to warm up. I have. Mm. And that took Did you a, steal that too? I, it's right next to the home plate. <laughs> I'm not letting him anywhere near my records, man. He's, shake, shake, somebody's got a yeah. thieving problem. I mean, if so, he's willing to dig out home plate, it's pretty easy just to snatch a few records out of oh, 50 funny. bins. I was, at, I was at Oregon State last week with my son for baseball. We were poking around the field, and we had a few minutes, and I saw one of the old coaches who who uh, is at Fullerton now, but I saw a couple of his fungos that had his name on them that he, you know, I'm sure they were going to throw away, so we borrowed them for a, few, for a little while to hit his fungos, you know. It's, but anyway, so I ended up with this bat somehow, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I it got passed down through a handful of people and, and I ended up having it. And, and when I coached my son's team uh, through Little League and their all-star team, that team and the success that that team had really drove us as a motivation. And, and we had that bat the whole way as a motivation on that path. And it was, it was really a, a cool thing for me to watch when that team did that. And now to see how big it's gotten on TV with, with the Little League World Series and everything. But I'll tell you something really interesting about that team and, and – you know, I'm probably uh, you, you'll probably get comments on some web page or something. Oh, you didn't said it wrong or whatever. But um, no fact checking. Yeah, no fact checking this part. Um, Any part. <laughs> there was a kid from there was a kid from New York that year in 2001 who was an illegal player. He had a fake birth certificate. And uh, right, like that and, that one kid. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. Danny something. Yes. So there you go. So he, he was twenty. They, they cheated. Right. Yeah. Okay. He didn't pitch against us. He was twenty. No, but he was like fifteen, oh. and he was he was throwing gas at yeah. this thing. I mean, he was just mowing people. Dude, he was twice he was just, the size of any kid. It was the, ridiculous. We we played a kid. Oh, that's a different story. He had a mustache when we were ten. And we we're like, <laughs> come on, bro. Like he was adopted, and you know what's funny is we called him out. We told Little League. We told everybody when we were eleven, the kid had a mustache. Where you know he's just he was so big and threw so hard, and and now all of a sudden he's posting pictures on Instagram and he's he's going to Whitworth or something. And these kids are sophomores in high school. I'm like, no, wait a minute. Uh, but anyway, so this kid from New York, so he he doesn't pitch against us, but he's pitching in the Little League World Series and he's just mowing people down. And he plays against us, and he's in the team from New York that beats us. I think he played center field against us, if I'm if I'm if I remember correctly. And that New York team beat us. And they had a kid who was, who was too old, and he should have been playing. They should have, you know what I mean? That should have never happened. It, 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 it potentially cost these kids a big memory in their life. You know, you, you think about that kind of stuff, and, and here's a kid who cheated, but it actually cost these kids and these families, this community, potentially a lot. A, yeah, you, an you enormous can't go memory, back. Right? There is no going back. So, so anyway, it was fascinating. Great story. So you recently adopted a kid, right? Well, we didn't was really adopt, t- but we, we, we took guardianship. We, we, have two, we have two now. And how two, old? Uh, we have uh, a 17-year-old and an 18-year-old. My wife calls them the – she calls them the, the PRs, two boys from Puerto Rico. Uh, we took one in about a year and a half ago, and it, it's been an amazing journey with him and a lot of fun. See, I haven't seen you. I'm seeing all these pictures, and I'm like, who are these guys? Who are these guys? These yeah. Family friends. Yeah. I, I didn't see – I didn't hear anything yeah. official about it. Now I'm – because I have been following the pictures. I thought they were – I thought they were guys that your your son was playing baseball. Yeah, I know. So his, the, you know, so Luis came to us. His his house got and his his school, his house, his town got wiped out in the hurricane, and it was a bad situation. And and you know, I I got a phone call from a guy I knew, and and he reached out and he said, "Hey, can you can you take a couple kids?" And they're looking for a place to go to school, and and you know, and I said, "Well, you know, first of all, do they play baseball, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> do they look thirteen? What a great guy! No, no. That's what I'm going. What a yeah, kind-hearted guy! Oh, look, how tall is he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got a gun on yeah. him yet? Yeah, right? Gun. But it was really—it's it's, look—we, you know, you 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 commit to a certain.
certain lifestyle, right? And, and all summer long. yes with even not checking with Tori. Uh, no, all I, summer I, long. Yeah, like sure the, we can we, do it. Oh, we, by the way, honey, yeah, we're going to. Yeah, we have this thing. Um, but all summer long, that's what our life revolves around. So if you, if it, you know, if it's a lot easier, obviously, if, if kids have the same interests, right? So, so. He said, well, there's, there's one kid, yeah, he, 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 he plays baseball, but, you know, here's the situation, and you can talk to his mom, but she doesn't speak English either. And, and, and you know, it's, it's right before Christmas. And, uh, and I'm thinking, man, this is, this is kind of crazy, right? So um, I, have, I have a conference call with, with, with this guy and the mom and a translator, and we have this big call. And all of a sudden, you know, two weeks later, he's landing in Seattle. Um, doesn't speak a word of English, this poor kid. You know, he's, he, he'd flown, he'd seen snow for the first time when he landed. I think he was in, landed in Minnesota or something on the way. So he's out here living with us, and it's been amazing. His English is incredible. Um, he does very well in school. And you know what? I will tell, I tell you this. The high school has done an amazing job with him. As an international student, they have done a great job in helping him succeed and be successful. He could so easily be left behind when he didn't speak English and, and just really had no chance. And they have been amazing in helping him be successful and understanding school. And now he gets the importance of school in that way, and, and they help him with his homework. I mean, it's just a fascinating deal. Um, so now his best friend is living with us too. He just got here uh, a couple weeks ago. Can I move in? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's crazy. So so we have two guys living with us, and uh, – the second one doesn't speak English yet. We're working on it. Uh, he works on it every day. You know, we work on him with his English every day, and and uh, and and he he's, he's an amazing kid. You know, I mean, they're they're just they're they're so thankful for for an opportunity, right? And that's for for them. That's really what it's about. Just an opportunity. Yeah. I you mean, know? amazing what a difference in worlds. Because your kids, you've always done really well for yourself. Your kids and my kids are the same way. I mean, my kids' lives are dreamy. I mean, they on their seventh birthday we go to Legoland for two nights. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, they've had just amazing resources. I'm not gonna say they're spoiled, but like. I just you want to provide well for your kid. When I was a kid, you went to a guest shop, and it may as well have been a freaking museum. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, Look, mm-hmm. don't touch. You're not <laughs> buying anything. I mean, yeah. think about it. So, like me and my wife go back and forth. I'm the guy that buys the twelve dollars sack of polished rocks. Yeah. Just, just kind of wind up under the seats, and I go, I know, but the thing is, yeah. it's about that experience. <laughs> yeah. That they that, that they know that that possibility exists. You know what I mean? I know you've created that sort of environment for your kids, and I've tried to do that for my kids. But when you get a kid that's dealt with that kind of adversity, what that must to actually see, yeah. like to how leave your good parents, it could be. Yeah. yeah, to leave your parents. You know what I'm saying? Like to leave your parents and to get on an airplane that's going to stop in Minnesota and then somewhere else, and you know it's this this long freaking trip. And yeah, probably never been on a plane. No, you either. don't speak English, and I mean, you know what I mean? It's it's just it's tough. It's really Scary. it's it's you know. So it, it's been a great transition for him. For our family, it's it's been it's been amazing. Like it's been very very cool to learn about their culture more and to to learn about him and and, and have us mom come up his dad came to visit um, the timing of this is just so amazing to me too like for your kids to yeah. get this window into like multiculturalism in a time when it's so divisive and there's all this crap going on about billy i mean like so great an experience for your kids to oh, yeah. absorb this and like because i think that's where a lot of racism and stuff like that comes from is like i mean we talk about how it like the the rural the rural urban divide how it's about education but i don't think it's so much about going out and getting the liberal arts education because the kids in the military get it too it's 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 just getting out of your hometown and meeting your first gay friend meeting your first black friend meeting your you know i mean these kids that lack that experience they become kind of isolated and they're scared of this stuff that's what i think sending your kid off to college does more than anything is uh, is they get to see that diversity and, and choose their own friends and, and be around, especially because we grew up in a pretty kind of a white privileged place. We live place. in a bubble. Yeah. 
and, and it, wasn't, it, it wasn't as much when we grew up, actually. Right. I mean, you look at our yearbook, and there's a big Japanese population, big Native population, yeah. big Filipino population, um, and, and Clark Hagerman. But, uh, <laughs> but Police officer, right? I mean, it definitely yeah. is getting wider, don't yeah. you think? I mean, it's like – but so I think that's great for your kids to – Especially with, you know, the the power grid going off and the water problems and, you know, just being able to educate in real time what's going on and the possibility of these things can happen. We don't have a safety net in, in no matter where we're at. Yeah, I don't. Jesus, you think I'd write a thousand pages a year if I didn't need to keep the lights on? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's cold out there, man. I You're more like a thousand off. pages a day, though. I work my butt off. Johnny's a workhorse. I got to. Yeah. Johnny works hard. Well, he I'll, doesn't sleep. That's I'll tell you, so, so when, 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 I'll tell you a funny story. When um, uh, Johnny... <laughs> Is this about me puking in potted plants during <laughs> no. the day of the shoot? Because no. I stayed up so hard working the night before, yeah, no. making notes till 3 in the morning, was, smoking cigars in Vegas. I, I, I was at a party, and uh, it was probably a couple years ago, and, and it was pretty funny. I was at a party, and, and you know, I can invite a lot of stuff around here on the island, you know? I know why. Yeah. <laughs> Like I was at a party and uh, and I'm you know I, I was probably wearing a football jersey or something. It was Saturday or a green one. So, yeah, yeah, my fire jersey <laughs> or something. Anyway, one. so I'm sitting there and nobody wants to talk to me. It's all good, you know. And my wife socializing. I'm kind of sitting over there and this guy comes over and he's like, "Oh, you watching the football game? Yeah, I'm watching the game." And so we start talking about something and and uh, <laughs> and I mentioned Johnny's name and I said to him, he he says. Uh, he said something about he oh I'm a I'm, I'm a this and he I'm an I'm an author I, for, I forget the guy's name he says he's an author and something I said oh my friend <laughs> I said oh you my friend you probably know my friend Johnny he goes he perks up you know John Evison <laughs> he, oh wait oh wait oh the headphones he, are getting a little tight oh, over yeah. here calls his wife over honey 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 come here. Uh. <laughs> So this Come couple, here. this couple's obviously like seventy oh, years yeah. old because he knows, you go to he knows John Evison. <laughs> oh yeah, she, they'd been one of your book readings or one of your uh, one funny. of your things. You know, Johnny's name around here is is, is like currency. Yeah. Right. It, Big it, fish, it, small pond. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's you know what's wonderful is is there's a lot of there's a lot of big fish on the island, and Johnny is is the the guy that everybody wants to know because he's so great and wonderful and such an awesome guy and so funny and I'm serious and it's engaging. I mean, I know it's yeah. true. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, saying, just getting thought, a little unseemly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm serious. You know what I mean? Like Johnny's the, is, is a really fun, good guy to talk to. It, it's not just that he's a talented writer, right? I mean, right. an incredibly he's not a talented. boring conversation. No, he, he's all. fun. And, and, and Johnny's the guy you want to go out and have a beer with, right? I mean, just everybody. Is. So that's why it's funny, you know, like, like you're somewhere. And then all of a sudden, all these people are, you know, Johnny, you know, I went from, I went from the guy nobody wanted to talk to in the, in the green Farb jersey to, to all of a sudden I'm the guy that knows Johnny. Nice. <laughs> Huge. Yeah, I wish la- I could last leverage were... into that to some personal appearance. <laughs> I'm going to start charging for book clubs now that I know I'm such a big yeah. deal. Yeah, you should I'm going to have a writer beer. in my contract. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Last time he was on the podcast, I had a friend that doesn't drink or anything. And um, he'd listened to that podcast that we did. And he's like, I just got to meet that guy and have a beer with him. Oh, yeah. That was the first thing 200 he said. pounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Johnny's got a lot of great stories. Johnny's done a lot of stuff in his life. Yep. Yeah, I've had – I started young. I was, I've was i been really lucky in far as having different uh, – and I think it's really helped me. Tell him about March I, of Crimes. 
Oh yeah, let's go. Let's go. Did you really? Yeah, I did a punk band when I was like 13, 14. Yeah. You, we went down that. Yeah, we, last yeah time. no, nobody yeah. cares. They got a thing down at. The oh, I think they care. Museum. Yeah, they a thing down at the that's museum. cool. The the history music ah, the musical uh, history thing that they're putting together. It's awesome. No, I went down there. It's fun. It's better than the EMP. Yeah. I mean, as far as like actual collateral, they've got more quotes, more footage. I was always disappointed going to the EMP. It's like God, I could call all my old punk rock friends and friends and bands, and we could we could curate a better exhibit in like overnight seconds yeah it, yeah. it wasn't very interactive when it first came out either yeah it was it yeah. <laughs> yeah. r.i.p paul my uh asb uh president carrie harrob in high school became president of sub pop and that was kind of cool um going through there and always checking out the, the vinyl of that place and she's not there anymore though right no uh, i don't think sub pop's around anymore sub pop's around is it yeah it's pretty much just run by dean and mark Okay. Johnny knows everybody. I write, yeah, I write, I write liner notes for now. him. Oh, yeah. I just wrote liner notes for a couple of Green River box sets, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to bill you. Just pay me in records. I got to cherry pick their entire... They just sent me 75 pounds Who of in records. the world says wow. that? Just pay me in records. They were stoked because the records only cost them three and a half bucks. Oh, I probably would have billed them like five grand. Yeah. Instead, it cost them like 600 bucks. I'm like, yeah. yes. <laughs> Anytime you need anything, just let me know, you know? <laughs> but it was, it was the funnest one-off gig I've ever done because I got 75 pounds of records and I'm still like exploring some of them, some newer stuff too, not just the old 90s mm-hmm. stuff that I already knew. They're still they're still producing, I mean, they're still signing great acts. And so when you get to be old like me, it, it gets harder and harder to find a source of, uh, you know, new music. You know, so many guys our age are just like still listening to Boston. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, Zeppelin and like... Journey, know. Phil Collins. Oh, yeah. Wow, I introduced and my the, son to Mother Love Bone. He'd be he wears he wears a what would Andy do shirt? Uh-huh. Oh, cool! Oh what God. would Andy would yeah. do? Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. And the, yeah, it's a black Andy Wood shirt. Yeah, yeah. That he wears. Uh, I introduced him to Mother Love Bone. I introduced and, him to some and, of the old. Stuff. Andy Wood was from the island, and he overdosed. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Just make sure I get my musical history right. Miller yeah. Road. Yeah, his mom lives in the cute little. She lives uh, here, yeah, I see, yeah. see Tony. Well. She's yep. sweet. She's always walking her dog. There's a lot of good musical history on the island. Lots of good history on this island. So go out there. Get to the museum. Check out the musical history, everybody. We got to talk about Ian's rise to fantasy. No, yeah, we'll, we'll say I'm inspired here. by it just because. See, I've always looked up to Ian because he's so dang shrewd. You know what I mean? I'm I'm good at one thing, managing my one career. After that, it's like the list of things I can do, uh, like even well. It's just a big drop off. It's like I can go from writing novels and managing my career to darts. He's got pages. I, mean, like, I got cards. I mean, the guy like figured out how to make. See, it, it, I I respect it because it's what I did. I figured out how to make my my passion my lively. And he managed to do it with fantasy yeah. football. I mean, it's like that's the ultimate. Like, I think I'm going to make my actual hobby. And I think, it, you know, now it's owned by, you know, he's partnering with Sports Illustrated or something. Like, every, you know, it's yeah, just bull market fantasy with Jim Cramer. But you committed so much to it. It's been a 20 year, 15 year thing. Yeah. And he's dumped a lot of, you know, six figures of money into producing shows, trying to cut deals with everybody. But he never gave up on the commitment. You know what I mean? And even when it looked like you were throwing at times, it was like, look, look, you were just throwing oh, yeah. good money after bad. Yep. But like he stuck with it the whole time. And now like he winds up on top. And I yeah. think that's kind of the story of Ian's life. Yeah. He's always Ian's always <laughs> so at the top bad. of the food chain, dude. No, he's always batting no. lead off. Always no. got the nicest car. <laughs> no. He's big hearted. He's taking no. in. You know, he's a hero. He's a good. Yeah. He's a good guy. Ah, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, I had it, after all the great stuff you said about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, we, we heard a lot of no's. A lot of no's. No, 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 no. For years and years and years, and it's been a 15, 20 year project. Johnny's not lying. 20, almost twenty years. It it took for. 
I thought the, I thought the market caught up to us ten years ago. <laughs> That's how in my fantasy bubble growing, I was living too. in. It's still growing. How know? do you still stay so passionate about it? Because you have a lot of irons in the fire. Dude, you know it's it's funny you say that. I've the last couple of years have been a real burnout because we we've mm-hmm. we, we've we've had people trying to steal our business. To be honest, I mean, steal our brand, steal our business. I mean, my gosh, fighting people off and big corporations off, and and we're just. A, I mean, I'm. Yeah, weren't you in a lawsuit? With oh CBS god, yeah, we were. Saw, uh, yeah, um, I'm not officially allowed to speak about that. Um, yes, yes, we were. Um, but that's all settled and it's all good, and and it is now. Um, I hope you found a new lawyer. <laughs> Yeah, inside yeah. joke. <laughs> that's funny. It goes back about fifteen years. Yeah, ago. that's funny. Um, with a real name. Yeah. Uh, okay, I want to hear that out no. there. <laughs> I want to hear that out It's it was a, it was it's, it was a tough road. I mean, you know, yes, people, you you grow, you get bigger. People try and cheat their way to the top because they 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 like your idea. Shortcuts. They think they can build it themselves. They want to steal your stuff. Yeah. On, on, on. And, and, and we, we fought our ass off all the time, all the time, all the time. And, and we just heard no over and over. And we just kept kept going. I mean, it just kept getting more popular and a lot of things ended up going our way. You know what I mean? Like the, the, it being a carve out, a game of skill. Um, we, we got fortunate uh, when, when Google search decided they liked our website back in the day. <laughs> it takes luck. <laughs> right? You know, there's yeah. there's lots of stuff. And, and, when and, and, skill and, and opportunity meet. That's right. You know? That's right. Most To be honest, look, most people would have been done with this thing 15 years ago. They'd have given it a four or five year shot. They'd have, they'd have, they'd have hung it up and then they sit there and they go, oh, look what it is now. Oh my God. You know, him and haw about it. But there's a lot of writers out there that just didn't, have the wherewithal to write three novels that weren't published. That's right. Whatever, that's know? right. It's it's hard because it was easy. Everybody. Well, that's everybody the adversity it, you know? we were talking about earlier. Yeah. You know, and we need to expose our kids to that adversity. You know, stri- strike out, fail, fail, and look yeah. how much you learned. Oh. And plus, the just the experiences of even uh, even the ones that didn't work out. That weekend we did in Vegas was epic, dude. Yeah, I think about it all the time. I do too. It was like epic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, what was that? Was like Johnny Johnny came. So Johnny came down the 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 in the to the World Championships in 2003 and we were filming all the best players in the world because I was so naive I thought oh overnight this is going to be the World Series of Poker and here we are 15 years later and well so anyway, ideas uh, are always ahead yeah, of the time yeah so so Johnny was down there and he was our on-air talent the first year and he's interviewing people behind the camera uh, but with the microphone and stuff and and we had a, we had a few other guys we had Tup down there right um, Mark McKnight Mark McKnight yeah we had some we had some really talented folks down there McKnight does a lot of stuff here at the barn I think he even teaches some classes yeah here. can't say barn Studio 15. Studio 15. Come on, Johnny. Come on. Know the wow. rules. Yeah. Jeez, sorry. So, so, so John, re- Johnny re- was our other yeah, talent. Ta- while we're it, talking and stuff, where's my right. green M&M's? You know, I went. And it was like, oh, there's supposed to be a little bowl of just right. green M&M's it was here. nine bucks for a bag of Seahawk M&M's. <laughs> and I was just like, no. Johnny's not worth it. I, no, I don't have the budget. Yeah. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> I'm not like you guys. <laughs> so so Johnny, was, Johnny was our <laughs> under talent. I'll tell you something. So he he's he's interviewing somebody. And there was a guy, and I'll never forget this. I will never forget it because I still call somebody this today. And Johnny, when I, when I say this, he's going to laugh. So Johnny's interviewing this dude, and he's really stiff, this guy. He's a cop. And he's got this really tight mustache. And the guy, he won't smile. And Johnny's just laughing, kind of doing his deal. And he's asking all these fantasy football questions and kind of about, hey, how'd you like your draft? You know, kind of popping around. The guy's just like, my draft went well. He was just, you know. And, and, and so, so after a few questions of this boring, Johnny looks at the guy. And the guy's got this tight stash. And he looks right at him and he goes, so, what's up with the dick duster? <laughs> <laughs> 
I learned so much dude. about cops. Like two of the guys were like, dude. so let me get this straight. You're basically pulling over. We think it's a speed trap, but you're just looking at the fantasy numbers. Yeah, dude, yeah. These guys are spending like 12 hours. Yes, dude, this guy, this guy looks right at Johnny. He goes, next question. <laughs> like he didn't miss a beat. Ever since then, our friend that was down there, his name is Sean Cruzen. Ever since that year, I've always called Cruzen the dick duster. I still call him that. I talked to him on the phone yesterday. He picked up the phone. I'm like, Dick Duster. And I started well, he's, talking. He's kind of your Dick yeah. Duster. Isn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> so this goes all the way back to 2003 from 16 years ago when Johnny called this cop on, the, on, on, the, on camera, on film. And I'll tell you something. What's cool is, is some of the work we did back then was amazing. You know when ESPN shows the old school shots of like Bob Lee or, or, or you know what I mean? Or, or, or Chris, uh, you know, Chris Berman Chris, or those guys. Yeah. So when uh, – when we re-edit a bunch of this footage, a bunch of that old school footage from the ESPN zone in Las Vegas, the New York, New York, and of Johnny and stuff are, are going to see the light of day. Um, and it is going to be – I just loved working be, with your Uncle Rick. Oh, you guys like were good. perfect straight man. I yeah. was like the – it was just yeah, – It was, it was awesome. a lot of fun. He was so intense. Yeah. So, so do you have footage of I've got all the interview? footage. Oh, yeah. I've got all the footage. It's great. It's gold. Yeah, send it to me. It, it, I mean, it's absolute gold. It is so funny and fun to watch. And we edited some great pieces with it too, him and Rick. Yeah, from in front of the ESPN zone, interviewing players, being at the drafts. I mean, it was a lot of fun. That stuff will see the light of day. And, and when it does, I'm telling you, it is going to be gold. So speaking of that – yeah, you guys probably both deal in this realm of intellectual properties. How do you get to uh, use that type of footage if it's ESPN and now you're affiliated with Sports Illustrated or how's that become your property? Or, well, it was our footage. Yeah, right? and it was in spec at that yeah, point. Yeah. He wasn't partnered with exactly. it. He was, he was independently yeah. producing this. We still mm. own all of our own footage. So we have a library of years and years of, of footage of all the best players of the world championships every year from, from 2003. So we have tons and tons of footage in the library, which is most of it's digitized, I think, through 2014 or 15. we we got to catch up. God, do you ever watch old ESPN stuff? And, do I ever watch ESPN stuff? No. I watch yeah. a bunch. Of, I watch some of our old clips sometimes and that, laugh my ass off. It is so funny I, I mean you know when you watch the old espn clips of those guys and they got the bright yellow sh- you know espn jackets on yeah, and like you know and it's, and it's kind of low budget and they got the you know and they look funny and it's just it's awesome because i used to love i mean even when they had olbermann and patrick you know mm-hmm. even even when it wasn't the earliest of days but it was still the early days when there was one sports center on right four o'clock you know 11 o'clock at night you know what i mean my, my wife still laughs because our first date i literally timed it I timed it so out. So you could be home to watch So I could be home to watch Sports Center. I literally, we went to dinner, took off her ice cream afterwards, and I'm dropping her off at her place at like 1030. And her friends are literally just finishing getting dressed to go out for the night. <laughs> and well, I, she knew what she was yeah, getting yeah, into. And I dropped her off so I could get home for the 11 o'clock Sports Center, right? Like, like that was, I, I, I had my clock around that. And, and, you know, and so that was when they had the old school guy, the, you know, the Patricks and the Oldmans and, and, the, and these guys doing it when it was actually really funny. You know, and, and oh, poor Tori. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. She loves that story. Yeah, shout so, out so to she Lauren actually, too for putting up with yeah, you. Yeah, so she actually she actually got <laughs> dressed like, and went you out. Sure, with you friends. don't want to come in and yeah. have a drink? Yeah, no, wow. No, no, I, yeah. I gotta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not funny. It's amazing yeah. how poor the TV quality was. You know, I, I always want to show these old tapes of certain moments, like we were talking about Kirk Gibson and you limping around softball fields, to show that to my kid. You know, I think it looks great. 
it, because it's it was tough. film. Right. No, true. The 80s looks bad. And the stuff from the 70s looks great because it's film, man. I mean, it's like, to me, I, 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 I'm not sold on HGTV. I mean, I watch a car commercial at my mom's. I'm like, this looks fucking weird. Is like wrong with my eyes yeah, yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, like, looks, I, it looks, looks like too standing much. right here, yeah. but it almost looks like bad video. Yeah. I don't know. I missed. I liked it when they did film. I mean, sports is, you know, you can still watch it. Those graphics on the old later. NBA f- footage, you know, that took up half the TV screen. It was, it was weird. Can't can't share those moments. That, that in your head, they're so brilliantly played out. Mm-hmm. But you try to find a tape of some of these games and show them to your kid. And... I found that with Major League, like it, and maybe it's gotten better in the last five years. But they re- really had some sort of ironclad. Uh, uh, you know, it was really hard to find their footage. Like I could go say. Uh, Sean Kemp highlights. I remember trying to do this like five years ago. I couldn't even, you probably can now, but I couldn't find like a Ken Griffey highlight oh, is that reel. Right? Oh, yeah, wow. no, I was amazed because I could find NBA. I could find, right. and I, I started to notice baseball for a while. They must have been doing something really good to 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 uh, protect their footage. Like, I mean, I think at a certain point now, it's just uh, the technology is so ubiquitous. Anybody can steal it. But I mean, I think they must have been doling out cease and desists. Or right, what, I right. mean, because you couldn't mm-hmm. find, I remember, I was going like, I can't find a list of Ken Griffey Jr.'s right. best catches and I couldn't find it. A lot, a, lot, a lot of the league, they were, they started getting really careful with a lot of that stuff. It's funny, it sounds like we, as a fantasy business back in 2000 and must have been six or seven, you know, uh, a gal from the NFL shows up and she tells everybody at the, at the trade association, back in the fantasy trade association, you had 2006 and seven. You can imagine how dorky that was, right? Um, we were the Trekkies. Uh, she shows up and she basically says to everybody, oh, so next year you guys are all going to be shut down. We own all the data. We own the rights to all the data and all the stats and everything. You guys are all done. Yeah. So um, next year you won't exist anymore and it's all going to run through us and we're going to own everything. Everybody's looking at her like, what, wait, what, what? <laughs> and there was, there was actually a big lawsuit that, uh, that, one of the, that, that one of the fantasy companies called CDM actually stepped up and paid a bunch of money. So box scores, data were public information. You, you know what I mean? Coming from that. And they, they, they weren't allowed to protect it in that way, the box scores, because in that time it wasn't real-time scoring either. But they weren't allowed to protect it in that way. They were, gonna, they were basically going to put the genie back in the bottle, own everything, and then make everybody work through you just to even get box scores. Wow. Can you imagine? That's some robber baron tactics well, right there. That's, that's what they're trying to do now with – I mean now that they're doing sports gambling, now they, 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 they've, they've understood the where they made a mistake before. It's now sports gambling. They're buying up the specific data feeds or, and, and selling. So like the NFL just cut a deal with Sports Radar for their specific data feed. So that's the official data feed coming from NFL is now owned by Sports Radar, I believe. So Sports Radar then will go cut deals with companies that are going to do inline gaming, in-game betting, and be the official feed – of the stats to those providers for online betting. Now, this might be a stupid question, but is gambling legal on NFL games in Washington State? No. You can't even play fantasy here. You can smoke pop, but you can't play fantasy sports for money. You can get married to the same sex, too. Yeah, and you can't play, you, you can't, you can't play sports, fantasy sports for money here. Crazy. And the Raiders are going to Vegas. The Raiders are going to Vegas. I have two gender-fluid chickens. Nice. No, you don't, really. Are they A's? Doug and Ross. <laughs> they just have bad names. Your names. I'm woke. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's a shirt. I have two ginger, <laughs> ginger fluid chickens. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting two <laughs> eggs a day out of Doug. Uh, my my son took his picture today for school, and they told him he was he would be um he would be uh, uh what's it called uh, uh you know you were on wear the wrong clothes. 
you know, at school and they, they, they send you home or whatever. Or dress code? Dress coded. So he got dress coded last year because it was pajama day and he wore a pair of pajamas with a bunch of bunny rabbits on them. Playboy bunny rabbits. Didn't say Playboy anymore, just plenty. And so they, they dress coded and made him go home. Once we get so, back to modeling again. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so this year he wore, a, he wore a T-shirt that said Virginity Rocks for his, uh, for his picture. And that, that's, a, that, that's a dress code violation too. So he put a sweatshirt on. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, that, that's a little information for you. I wore a March of Crime shirt. Yeah. Yeah. wore <laughs> my March of Crime shirt. Yeah. That's kind of actually pretty gauche to wear your <laughs> own band's T-shirt. But I was only 14, so. I only got kicked out of school one time for dress code. And it was one of those KSW rock shirts. Oh, yeah. Well, I was taking an art class and we were doing acrylics. So I painted over Seattle's Best Rock and changed it into oh, Seattle's boy. Best Fuck. Yeah, boy. And I went home. <laughs> yeah. I went multiple times. Once I wore a skirt because they did. Remember when the dolphin shorts were good? Oh, yeah. So they said, the, it was like Commodore. They said, well, you can only wear skirts or or pants. And so I wore a skirt and they sent me home for that. Yeah. And then uh, a circle jerk now. shirt. I had a circle jerk shirt. Yeah. The band and a circle jerk. Yeah. That one didn't go. I must have been suspended at every level of school. I, I had a Leonard Skinner times. shirt I had to go home for. It said ass kicking Southern Rock huh. or something. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't need any ass kicking at Bainbridge. <laughs> wow, that's, that's, a, that's a debatable point. You get into any uh, drama with intellectual properties or plagiarism in your field? It's pretty of, hard with a book that relies on voice and, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's pretty, you know, it's hard to steal 500 pages. I, I think... Uh, Nobody has your mind either. I think that, um, no, I've been lucky. I mean, by the time I actually was able to make any money at this, I was pretty well protected. I mean, I have good agents and I'm in a good place. But, like, uh, I mean, I've had, I've had, uh, I, mean, I remember in radio having people, uh, I remember Kennedy used to steal my ideas all the time, like, oh, really? for segments and stuff like that. When we were at the same station, she would, uh, she, you know, she, she, she'd take it a couple of our ideas. I mean, I've, I've had it happen in my life, yeah. but not with books. Kennedy, the old VJ? Yeah. She was on the same radio station. She, Outrageous she, talk radio, 100.7, the buzz. <laughs> Do your KJR one. I don't know. Is he on that one? I don't remember. I, I still listen. I'm friends with Danny O'Neill. I listen to, I, I don't, that's, is that even KJR anymore? No, it's 710 ESPN. 710 ESPN, yeah. Yeah, yeah they flop back and forth every time there's did, a Did, did you know that comes. Johnny has a novels buried in his yard? Not my yard. It, it, it's it's they're behind park. a motorhome park in Sunnyvale, California, but they've raised the whole motorhome park. So it's there's something gone? on top of it now, yeah. Huh. Those could be they, valuable. They probably so if you're ever around that place, those could be very, very valuable. Those were Johnny's original novels that he buried in the yard. Yeah. Hey, you guys got time to talk a little bit of Bainbridge? Um, oh, of course. Yeah. Like uh, affordable housing or the ADUs or sure. traffic circles or sure. council? I made a video for that affordable housing deal. Yeah. I, I couldn't make the event because I was double booked. I had to go somewhere else. But uh, Sam Junkin, another island uh, talent. At the uh, that new art center, what is it called? Beha? Not Studio 15. <laughs> no, <laughs> Studio 15. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The B A R N. Yeah, yeah. That other place. Until they start paying me, we're not mentioning them. <laughs> Sponsored um, by. Not HRB. How do you guys yeah. think they're doing? I'm a, I'm a little critical of housing. I, I I really don't know about it. I think I, I think affordable housing is good. I don't you know I don't I I don't I, I'm not really that educated. I think I think the point. What I like about affordable housing is uh, that the island Ian and I grew up on was a lot more diverse. There was a little more of a working class. There's always been money here, but I, I just, I just, I, I think a healthier community is a more diverse economic 
community. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, a lot of the old families have been taxed off the island. You know what I mean? They just can't even yeah. be here anymore. And the place is changing fast. And like, I mean, I think there's a need in a in a, in a healthy community to to let all you know facets of society live. You know, and, and are you guys hip with the Suzuki property property out front here with the trees on the corner where the roundabout's going to go on Sportsman Club, New Brooklyn. Yeah, I know the yeah. property, but I don't know what's going on with it. Okay. we got to listen to the Bystander Podcast more often, hey, John. Okay. Yeah. More often than that every rap week. Down. Yeah. Well, it's not Sometimes I listen twice, Tim. <laughs> How many friends have you told? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they're trying to scale a plan from 60 to 90 units on there right now because it, it's city-owned property. Yeah, yeah that's well, tough because I don't like development. Well, that's the thing, right? So, so I, I have this conversation a lot of times with people. And, and I remember you talking about, yeah, look, every, everything's about, forest. hey, you know what? Hey, everything's about trade offs. Right. Right. And so you prioritize you everything, right? So everybody I talk to on the island is all for affordable housing, but they don't want it near them. Right. That's one. And secondly, overall, everybody's for affordable housing, but they don't want to add more houses to the island either. Right. So, so. You have the idea of too many homes, right? You have the idea of I love the Grand Forest. I love being able to walk through the woods and do whatever, right? Or these other properties that are owned. Okay, so land where trust. do you, land trust, right? So where do you prioritize those things against the affordable housing? Because that's what it comes down to. And and just it, get rid of some McMansions. And well, just build on right, the same but that, lots. But that's not going to happen, right? Yeah. So so the fact is, is we are where we are, right? So you. You don't have a lot of options at this point, right, if, if you want to do it. I'm all for affordable housing, and I think it's actually a lot easier to do if people are willing to make the sacrifices it would take to do it. But people prioritize other things higher than somebody else getting a house on the island. I say do it vertically. You know what I mean? I, I mean, Winslow's already getting mm-hmm. – I mean, we have some much more urban development than the town we grew up in. It's yeah. denser down there as it yeah. is. I'm a proponent of density. Like, I don't care. You know, put some five-story, six-story. I mean, well, that's they, not they, what I'm worried about losing. I just don't want to lose the, those beautiful drives down to 3T Road, right. or the, you know, on the right. south end or all yeah. these beautiful wooded – I mean, I'm fine with building apartment buildings downtown where it's centralized. Right. They want to and, densify this because yeah. they can only build on 35% exactly. of the property. That's exactly. And it would be three stories high. But when you talk about Winslow – they're trying to the guy that's been trying to build the hotel down there. Mm-hmm. It's it's only three stories, and there's mad pushback against that. And he's he's followed the law from start to finish, and it's constantly going back and forth. And now it's going to do to, anything. What's that? Nobody wants you to do anything. Yeah. So that's going up to against the public hearing for the final. Most of the people disapproval that don't want things to happen. This is just my perception, and I could be totally wrong. Most of the people that don't want anything to happen have more time, right, to rally together for to get their voice and out there and to squeaky wheels in right, general, right. So, you know, look, I'm all for affordable housing, and I, and to be honest, dude, like I told you before, and, and everyone laughs at me, like if you told me that the, that the city was going to have five houses per acre, right, and or seven houses per acre, just some crazy number, and you're gonna you're gonna take out five acres of the grand forest and leaves the other hundred and whatever, or I don't even know how big it is, right? Like, I'm okay with that because I prioritize affordable housing mm-hmm. more than I prioritize walking my dog through that small portion of the grand forest. So I'm okay with that trade-off. Other people might say, oh, you're freaking crazy, bro. But I'm okay with that. Do, I, you, I, do you have a dog? I did. I used to have two. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I had two. But I'm yeah. saying, but this is what I'm saying. Like, like I, you know, look, we we have a lot of land here there's a there's a lot of land on the island lots right so 
where are we okay with building it? Johnny, like Winslow, I'm okay with it being in Winslow. I'm okay with more stuff going down here in this area, like you're talking about. They're building on a, a portion of it. It's already when, ruined, so well, we'll when, just when, ruin when, it further. But, you know, when, when, the... but when people are responsible about it, right? Like, like if you're trying to push the limits, you're trying to maximize every dollar, and you're trying to do it that like that, you know, I, at least I feel like from what I've read, the guy who's doing the hotel has tried to be pretty responsible, with, mm-hmm. with how he's building it. Same with the guy on 550 Madison, right, right. who he said, you know, I'll replace those 13 units and add a couple more, but let's knock down that dilapidated uh, building. It's on Madison, which is in, incorporated downtown Winslow. And, you know, we'll have mixed use. We'll have retail. We'll have, you know, places for growth and stuff like that. And then, then he finally just like, hey, my $2 million um, offer is off the table and yeah. good luck to you. Yeah. Save the mushroom fields and the places we used to have keg parties. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. I don't care. Winslow's already ruined as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah. So go, I don't care. Yeah. Pile up houses, but do it. But just stay away from the. Stay yeah. away from all that wooded south. I mean, I, I, I mean, stay away from Gasm Lake. Stay away from that. Just, just keep those big blocks because once you start eroding away at it, you know, it just becomes a slippery. Yeah, stuff. Manzan- well, just, maybe just five more yep. acres yep. and five more acres. Manzanita, they mowed all down. All those trees down a couple of years for garages. Right. I think right. like so anything, anything inside a high school, I don't care how dense it is. It's yeah. already dense. Yeah. It's, uh, yep. No, and I, look, I, I, I just think is it, people need to be clear with what the priorities are and where they stack that up. Well, everybody has with different other, priorities other, too. That's, yeah. that's exactly right. And so like, that's why I say, you know, what I'm willing to trade off to put affordable housing on the island might be not something somebody else is willing to trade off. But I think it's naive to think that there's not real trade-offs to happen because everybody just thinks the trade-off is monetary. It's not always going to be monetary. A few extra bucks. It's going to be a few, you know, a little more in your property tax. It's going to be this. or There's actually real trade-offs in your life. Maybe you actually have to see it. <gasps> oh, no. I have to see it when I drive by. Right? Like whatever that – you know what I'm saying? Like you mm-hmm. hear all the people and like – you have it's not to like figure there's out. There's going to be blue tarps on the roof. Yeah. You know, drive down my road and swim, right. man. Right. It's amazing. People are like, "Geez, what's going on? This is right." Like, and then, I mean, it's. So I'm it's sure it'll be quill scene all over. It'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be totally. F- it's just nobody wants more houses built, but they all want affordable housing. I think they just don't want people that aren't rich too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think yeah. they're afraid. They're afraid of crime. They're right. afraid of all the. You know, we're in Squim. We're going through this with the uh, regional. Uh, uh, Methadone center, man. People are just up in arms. We don't want a methadone center in the peninsula here at our place. Everybody is gonna, everybody will agree there's a problem and a need, but nobody right. wants it by their house. Right. That's yeah, right. Seattle and their homeless crisis. It's, I think, is second highest to San Diego, San Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. and then you know what is it? Uh, Skid Row is coming up with all kinds of diseases that are returning, you know, plagues and whatnot, and. Seattle's not far behind, you know, and how soon? Something like 18 times the property uh, property crimes mm-hmm. as New York City. That's unbelievable. Like, yeah. it, it goes New York City, or it goes uh, San Francisco, Seattle. I mean, it's like, it's literally like 18 times higher per 100,000 or something like that. I mean, check my numbers there. I'm, right. No, don't check. I, no it's not hyperbole. No I just seem yeah. to remember 18, or maybe it's 18% more. Or I don't know, but it's crazy. Well, my question is, how long until that Seattle homeless crisis bleeds over to this island well it already has if you talk to some people you drive down you drive down 305 there was that camp there was another one down kind of near the ferry off a off a path there was actually some i think you might have been telling me there was there was an incident there i mean i mean they i don't know what it took but they took that one down that's right off 305 off the corner i don't know what happened something must have happened because they let that guy i mean facebook happened yeah the guy literally had a had a a fireplace was you know i mean he had a he had a setup in there 
Yeah. Maybe that's okay. Maybe it's not. I mean, well, it was okay with the. I believe that was on the Sakai's property, and they were okay with it. Well, I think it's um, is, I protected. Think, super generous. I think it was pr- protected wilderness um, and watershed area. And then at first, the police didn't um, didn't take action because that um, it wasn't their jurisdiction. Kind of like three hundred five is is Washington State um, thing. Go ahead, make some noise, Ian. We all know you're getting out of here. Ian is left for a moment. So, Johnny, what about that Ian guy? Yeah, he's great. I like him. I don't know. I, I, I'd be fine having it near my house, frankly. I mean, but except that I live out in the woods, you know, so I don't mm-hmm. want him to tear the woods down behind Manzanita Park to do it because that's why I want to live there. But I, I have no problem. I, I just feel like there's a there's a bit of snobbery that goes on here. In you think? Yes. I mean, I'm just being, I, I'm being, uh, you know. Nice. Yeah. Do you yeah. have some shine? I, I have duct tape on my car, dude. Me and my wife, did. we get the dirtiest looks. We let the kids paint on the car. It's like a 99 Passat, and it's literally, there's the fenders are held on with duct tape, and it's like the kids have drawn I love you on it. I mean, it, like we get looks my car from people. Too. You know, yeah, but but like the NC. So what happens is we I pull up in this car, and they're like, ugh. And then they go, oh, it's Jonathan Edison. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you eat gotta, it. Look at this. Look at my piece of crap. That, huh? Don't give me that look again or I'm going to back into your Lexus. Hey, do you have um, Chantrell spots by your house? We have, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yes, actually. uh, And also psilocybin. Yeah, I know because just like I did in high school, uh, down across from Island Center, it's all woods now. That used to be a field. We had these mushroom fields where we'd pick the psychedelics. But uh, first rains of fall, I usually see one or two cars that, high school kids parked at my mm. road end and I've, you know, I'll be walking my dog and I'll pass them and I go, what do they, what do they look like again? Cause it's been so many years since I identified them, but I know what they're back there looking for. How do you feel about, there's a big, uh, push towards legalizing mushrooms, you know, for, um, healthy psychedelic purposes, I guess. I, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. Look, I mean, where do you draw that? I mean, if you're going to, I mean, I'm a boozer, so it's like, I mean, there's, I can't imagine anything being much worse for you. Right. One good thing I'd say about it is you'd probably have less ODs and it's easier to control. Like for, you know, as somebody who ate a lot of psychedelics, I quit when I was like 18 because I started having seizures and stuff. I probably, wow. between like 15 and 18 years old, I probably ate like a hundred its acid, got you know, countless pounds of mushrooms. And uh, I'd, I'd start to get anxiety and, uh, you know, and then eventually I had seizures. And part of that was because you just couldn't control how much you, you didn't know how much to take. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. have them all. They're only this big. So maybe 40. Whereas I think if they legalize something like that, they, they, they you take controlled. five milligrams or 10 milligrams. And uh, I, I think you'd see use go up for sure. I don't care. I mean, yeah. people don't want to hear it, but I don't, you know, I don't care if they legalize certain drugs. I mean, I, what you got to do is look at the pharmaceutical companies and it's like, yeah, there's a billion dollar. Um, my poor mom's 83. And today. it's like, she gave like, she's not like 15 medications. And I'm like, now what does that one do? And I'm like, well, I, I, Can you know, she they'll explain it to me and I'll be, well, well, that one you just mentioned before did the opposite thing. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I'm taking this one to go. But I mean, like, I mean, if if we're going to condone that, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. See why, you know, I got no problem with pot or mushrooms being legal. I mean, right. Yeah, there was a huge um, settlement today, I think, a billion dollars on opiates and stat. Uh, yeah, Johnson & Johnson in yeah. the state of Oklahoma. Oklahoma ruled in favor of uh, – or the judge ruled in favor of the state. Against Johnson and Johnson it means your Q-tips are going to go up in price now. Hey man, any, I love just—I always love to see a corporation take a knock. Yeah, that's a victory for me, man. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Because we we always 
honor growth and you know the American business way, and then when somebody becomes really big, we start taking them down. Well, I'm not we, man. I'm basically like a Marxist, dude. I don't. I mean, honestly, I mean, you, you don't want to hear my politics. I don't think anybody should make over two million dollars a year. I mean, I could do anything I wanted with two million dollars a year. I don't. I, I frankly like, and I'd be happy if I made fifteen dollars a year, fifteen million dollars a year. I'd give the thirteen million. I'd put it in the kitty. I swear to God, you know me. I'm not yeah. lying. I would. Yeah. I really didn't. I mean, it's like if I need more than two million dollars, I, I, you know. But millionaires aren't really the problem. It's billionaires and corporations are built there to buffer the out-of-sight rich. Do you know what I mean? I mean, right. the corporation was originally invented in the mid-19th century as a workers' collective, and it had a shelf life of 10 to 15 years. You know what I mean? It was actually for the workers, but then they figured out a way around that. And then by the time Santa Clara, I think it was between Santa Clara and the railroad in the 1870s, they awarded corporations the the rights of citizens. But there was no accountability you know, in the power structure. So it, it, the whole idea is the people that are hoarding all the money in the world have these corporations now to buffer them. I think we've made some progress over the years, really, because I've been researching a lot in the 19th century stuff. And like, I mean, the, the robber barons then, I mean, they just, you know, they'll just push their Chinese workforce off a cliff or something. Now they got to work a little harder to hide it. And they have to be more insidious and like, uh, now they Ian's all work at Apple. Like, hey, man, Ian, Ian doesn't <laughs> trust me anymore. He's like, man, what do they do that thing about yeah, the millionaires? No. Yeah, man? yeah, no. What are you talking about? No. Yeah. It's, it's, look, you, you, there's. I'm just saying, I would do yeah. it. I don't care. I mean, I would rather live in a place where everybody had a decent standard of living, and we wouldn't. I mean, if we did it that way, if the billionaires paid their first share, we wouldn't have this homeless problem in Seattle. We probably wouldn't have the opioid crisis. We wouldn't. I mean, all the and you know, these people don't care, man. They've got they've got luxury hotels and the you know deep beneath the Rocky Mountains and stuff. They're right. just going to. They're content to live under they, fake. They, stuff. they say they care. Yeah, but they don't, you know, so millionaires aren't even really the problem housing. anyway. Yeah, they say they care. They, 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 they just all flew in their private jets to the big meeting, right? So they could all talk about how they care about everything. So yeah, they, they all some, say they care. They won't even know. fly in the same jet. Some of them like the yeah, Koch brothers would right. never even be on the same yeah. flight. We don't have that problem anymore. Yeah. So no, they don't. Rest uh, in peace. Yeah. You know, they don't. So they, you well, know, they, they, everyone like says they care, but you know, I mean, do they? The climate. Say, like, Listen here, the people that are perpetrating this stuff have their names on libraries and, you know, yeah. that's the thing. Our great, they've managed to. The people that perpetrate so much of the wealth consolidation and bad stuff in the world have worked themselves into this. You know, people think they're philanthropists. Right. Yeah. And yeah Dan, Dan Rosenberg had a good line the other day. He's like, "Help make enough money that it, they'll name a urinal at BPA after yeah. me." <laughs> I think we either need like some we need some really good billionaires to come along instead of the same old ones that are just you know. Or, well, how or we need a guillotine, man. Dude, How I'm far? ready to party like it's 1789, <laughs> man. There's probably 300 people causing most of the world's problems, man. And and they cross all national and racial yeah. bounds. I mean, it's not like one group of people. Right. It's just people that have been consolidating their wealth for many generations. And you say, what happens to the world when you what, what happens to the world when you get rid of those people? I mean, I say you put them out, just take them all out to Bikini Atoll and just leave them. They'll be eating each other inside two weeks. You don't even have to drop a nuke on them. Just take the three hundred richest people in the world, put them out on Bikini Atoll, and you'd say, well, somebody else is just going to take their place. And I say, well. I don't know, not in one generation quite the same way because you're talking about people that have built networks that go back five and six generations. I mean, you just look at, I know I'm the crazy conspiracy theorist in the room, but you just look at like World War One, World War World War II, nobody, no, no, no world leader in Europe, no European leader was further away from second cousins. Tsar Nicholas was related to the queen, Kaiser Will. I mean, everybody was, everyone was freaking related. Conspiracies, huh? Yes. Uh-huh. I go down oh, the yeah. rabbit hole with Johnny, oh, yeah. man. We've got to start drinking beer though. Yeah. 
I gotta start <laughs> drinking beer. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, what's your theory on that? Was he killed? I, I well, yeah, I think so. I think it's a perfect. I think it's perfect because it's 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 not even a partisan issue. You know, people you can point at. You, you know, people are going to point at Bill Clinton. People are going to point at Donald yeah. Trump. People are going to. I mean, the guy obviously went to his. I mean, they had one job. Yeah, at a penitentiary, you know, keep this guy long long enough to testify, keep him alive. They didn't, but they didn't. They they took him off the suicide wash two days before. Yeah, that's the. Plus, those guys had worked uh, double shifts. for five and seven days, respectfully. And so, I think if anybody didn't actually physically kill him, he knows that if he ever gets out of there, he's dead anyway. So he's just going to do it on his own terms. It amounts to the same thing. But there's some people on that list, man. I mean, it, it just blows your mind how. I, I I just think that there there really does exist like evil forces in the yeah, world. There's right. people that are just, you know, you can have money and be a good person, but there's there just there's a bunch well, of people money, that have so much money too. that they, they want to have sex with children, and, yeah. and I mean that it's just fuck, it's just nuts. I don't yeah. get it. I think it's a power thing too. Well, you can only get to so much wealth before you know you you're no longer satiated by that. You have to have the power now, and you see it with Trump too. You know, I, I've got X amount of money. Now I want to rule the world, you know, and it just keeps escalating. Jesus, how did we get here, yeah. man? Yeah. I mean, I'm just daily. Like, did he just say that? I don't even think the guy's the problem, man. I mean, it, he's just such a it's a, sim- it's a symptom. Yeah. Well, it, it's yeah. a symptom. I mean, well, look, the, the, my, my, rather... my, my buddy, my, 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 my friend's on Twitter all the time, you know, and uh, he, he's a Twitter troll. He's on there all the time, you know, and and, and, and there's, just, there's just a whole – an entire segment of people, right, that just love that world of stirring it up and poking the bear and calling somebody this mm-hmm. and, and that whole Twitter troll world, and they take pride and they love it. And there's there's a mastery to it. I mean, it, as horrible and terrible as that sounds, for all of them. Oh no, they, they like to get the they like to get liberal people worked oh, up. Oh, everybody! Love it. Oh, everybody! I mean, you you know, there, there, there's a reason that that this liberal tweets that. There's a reason they tweet that against that liberal, and there's a reason they use that word and they call up that person that. And and like it's this it's this little Twitter troll game that, and and it is the craziest effing thing. And you know, what what I don't understand. Is if everybody would just stop falling for all of it? Like, why do we have to talk about Twitter? Mm-hmm. I don't give a. F- I don't care what's on Twitter. I don't. I'm not even on Twitter. I got thousands I of followers. I, I, right. I haven't right. tweeted. There you go. Years. So like, 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 but every night the first thing I hear, whether it's Trump or whether it's the Squad or whoever it is, it's about Twitter. Twitter. And the reason is, is because all those journalists live in the. Twitter, Twitter world, fear. right? Twitter and, and, and they and they're on and they tweet fifty eight times a day. Well, the news officially now comes from Twitter. From Twitter, like it, it's interesting. So we we built this thing on. My conspiracy is Trump has a lot of Twitter stock, and that was his. <laughs> that was his <laughs> yeah, end game. My conspiracy is the guy is so leveraged to Russia that, like, I mean, he really has nothing. I mean, he has said that guy could have just put his money in a savings account, like a one point one percent, just like my <laughs> yeah. savings account. Twenty for, years ago, for, he'd have for, more for, but the thing is, 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 is 
for being such a stooge, everybody gives him so much credit for 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 having like these all these secret deals and all this stuff and all these crazy like everything he touches but, fails. But, but, yeah, right. So 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 how does he have all this secret stuff that just he can pull off and nobody knows because he's so smart? Like he's not smart. He's not like so. I so, put his so, IQ like, Everybody gives him all this credit for like oh you know he's he's got all these secret things going on with this guy and that guy. Like are you kidding? Like if if he did like everybody. We give him too much credit. There, he fails at all kinds of stuff. Like, how is he successful at keeping this secret over here that that, that props him hundreds I, I of millions can't. of dollars? But over here, we know everything about his life. You're talking about a guy who's walking around with a suitcase that's got the it is you know with the nuclear codes <laughs> yeah. and taking photo ops. It's like geez. that's something nobody talks about. The Hawaii scare, you know, where they were they had the warning that the nuclear bomb was going to be dropped. Oh, my friend ev- was there. Everybody was panicking yeah. like crazy, and then the next day, somebody tweeted something else out, and it's dead news. It was a mistake. And my friend was there. He said it was so scary. He, they yeah. were all freaking out, you know? I got, where I was, do you go? I, I got kind of punked by it. We were watching an illegal feed of a Seahawks game two seasons ago. <laughs> and you're watching feed. it. Well, I live out in the mountains, dude. I mean, literally, we had to climb a tree to make an antenna. It's I had to bring my big yeah, screen yeah. outside. We're plugging somebody's <laughs> computer in, so it's like a pirated feed. And we all forget because it's a network coverage, but it's a pirated feed. In the middle of the football game, it just stops in the uh, – the, the action stops yeah. and the emergency broadcast comes in yeah. and there's a message that yeah. there's ICBMs heading for Los Angeles yeah. and uh, – uh, uh, What are those? New York uh, – missiles. New okay. York. Yeah. And like we're all just sitting there around the keg. You know, it was the third day of my man party yeah. and we're like oh. – I mean for about five seconds right. – it was terrifying. Yeah, like Jason got on the phone with his wife in LA. But after about five or ten seconds, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, that's right. We're watching this. The guy was just punking us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was it was terrifying for like five, like five or ten – long enough to like run inside. And then yeah, you're like, well, dude. wait a minute. Yeah. And then I'm like, let me just check my news feed. Right, here. right. And my phone's like not blowing up there. with an alert. Yeah, yeah. 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 But that, my, my friend was in Hawaii. He was scared to death. Him and his wife. They were so scared they didn't know what to do. You know, people were running around with no clue where to go or what to do. I mean, that's pretty freaky. Well, that's the rise of the fake. I mean, look, we're, 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 we're going to be in the next five years. We're going to be right in the middle of all the, the fake news with fake pictures, with fake documented evidence of, of fake people that aren't really people or putting somebody's face on something. to. Oh, like to- when they slowed down the video. Uh, what was it? Not Pelosi, but it was um, Ginsburg, maybe? No. The, one lady was given a, a – a Democratic lady was given a speech, and they slowed it down by 25%. So oh, I know what drunk. that does. It makes sounds – yeah, we used to do it all the time in the studio. Yeah. Our sponsors. Yeah. Hey, record your own commercial. Well, imagine, they do. They sound like it's like it's just talking a little slow. Well, imagine what people can do with, cri- with crime. Like I'm yeah. just – you know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's, it's freaky. Like it, you know, you see all those databases of all these of these faces that aren't really faces and aren't really pictures of oh, real you guys, people. You guys got to see this movie called Cam. It's about uh, webcam girls – uh, strippers, strippers, basically, and this. Oh boy! <laughs> it's, I don't it's know not, what you're talking. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not so much about the stripper. What's a webcam of, girl? So this webcam girl goes and she's in some like trailer in in middle America, and she's basically doing as little as possible on this webcam and trying to collect followers. And they pay kind of like Bitcoin through the computer, you know, and they tell her, hey. Can you wink at me or say hi, Johnny? Hi, Ian. While while you're doing this, and she's, um, I think she's 18, just out of high school, and sh- she's supporting the family with this type of money, and she doesn't want to take it too far, but then she gets the opportunity to go to this big webcam party, and the people that develop this webcam, she'd be with all these webcam girls, and 
offered her a lot of money, and she didn't have to go any further than that. Well, she went there, got extra money, met some people and stuff. And then some of those girls from that party started disappearing from strip clubs and other places like that. Then she found out that when she went to that party, the webcam took her identity, made an AI version of her, had the algorithms of what she had performed on the webcam before, and the guy that had the webcam business, his thing was to get the girls to be on the webcam, steal their identity, make an AI version of her, and then she knew it was false because, hey, there's, there's me, and that's, that's stuff I don't do. You know, so it was freaking her out. So she's trying to get to the, to the Ugh. resolve of this, Ugh. and all these girls start falling. dying. So she had to put on her own webcam um, because oh basically the scam was to get girls on the webcam, steal their identity, and then kill them, and then collect money forever and ever and ever off their AI. There's just Jesus. See, I mean, this is what we're talking about when we talk about Epstein. I think there's some really dark stuff going on besides, I mean, I, I have no doubt there's human trafficking going on in like oh, Tr- for sure. Trump's modeling agency. And like, there's just, I, I just don't get what people, I just don't get people that are psychopaths, I guess. Right. I mean, that's just psychopathic behavior. Yeah. Well, I, uh, he had everybody trapped in his little web. You know, you, mm-hmm. you when you have money, People want to be around money, and you throw these parties, and everybody goes, and everybody knows he's a, he's a freaking pervert, and they all go anyway, and they all still support him, and they all go on his plane, and they all go to his private island. Everybody wants to be part of the world, and then it all blows up, and they all look bad. And they go, oh, God, I didn't know. Who knew? Who knew? Yes, Who knew not, that I, I, uh, sleeping with kids was yeah. going to catch up with yeah, me? Yeah, I finally got him. Jeez. Yeah, now it's terrible. Oh, my goodness. Well, we are all over the map. I love that. Um I hope my grandma's doing all right with my three kids, two-year-old. Okay, we'll wrap this up. On I got a couple quick things. First of all, receivers, who's making the team? I want to get that clear. I sure hope, John, you're su- – I mean, it, the, the whole su- thing uh, yeah. has changed. We, we got to see if they're going to put somebody on the pup list. Like, we got to see how – More, maybe. Quick right. is more. Matt Calf, we don't know how – I'm just – whatever happens, I want to see John. I think he's going to be a productive receiver in this league for like 10, 12 years. He's right. going to be like a uh, – uh, you know uh, – Julian Edelman type of receiver. Lot, He's so guy. good in space. He's always open. Right. Yeah. He's always it's open. Ridiculously He's run such open. a great and he just he's so he good in the open field. Well, and the more injury opens some things up too. You know. Yeah. Having him having him go down opens some things up for sure and gives more guys some chances to prove themselves. I, yeah. I thought more. I don't think was there's gonna be that. I don't go and think we're gonna throw more than we did last year. I no. really don't. We maybe mm-hmm. a tiny bit more. Uh but not too much more. No. How do you guys feel about Jared Brown's product productivity? You think he'll be a uh, useful player to have? It's his seventh season now. I like he kind of reminds me of J- Jermaine Curse with better hands. I mean, I, 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 dude, but, he, he only caught fourteen passes last year, but five of them were touchdowns. Right. I mean, you got to like that. It, it's a consistency thing, right? When he when he was in Arizona, and he and you know, he just you got to do it every play in the NFL, and that's the hard part, right? You you, you have to beat your guy every play because the quarterback's counting on you to do it, and that's the kind of thing that's held him back is the is the level of consistency. If he decides he's going to play one hundred ten percent every single play. He can be really successful. He he's successful enough to stick around. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of guys that are good athletes, it's, it's kind of good enough for him. What happens if Lockett goes down? Trouble. I don't know, but God, he's good. Yeah, he's good. We're in trouble. Jeez. He's the perfect guy when Russell breaks out of the out of the, out of the pocket like that. You know, the play breaks down, and then he can plant and just turn it up and find and yeah, run to open space. Is really good with yeah, find open space. Curse what do you do when you got Metcalf and him out wide, and they both run go routes, <laughs> man? I mean, it's just like that's going to be yeah. weird. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, I, it'll be interesting to see how Metcalf actually develops because right now his route tree is really pretty limited. And, Very limited. And that still makes him yeah. a great weapon. Just yeah. right on two, having two guys that can beat you on. And I mean, Tyler Lockett gets creates separation better right. than any receiver I know. Maybe yep. maybe you know that I've watched recently. I like how Metcalf went into the meeting to meet. Coach Carroll yeah, has his shirt off. I like how Carroll well, took his yeah, shirt that, off. That was a shtick, you know. Going in, going into the draft, like um, of, of of a lot of the receivers that were, you know, first or second round, third round, the, the early third, you know, they were looking at. You know, I, I talked to Brandon Huffman. He's the head scout of twenty four seven. They're most concerned about Metcalf. Like, can he do it? And you know, if if you're talking about guys around him that were taken, even after him. They have more confidence that they'll be successful. So I have um, more confidence your your Sua will be. Yeah, there you go. I mean, Me maybe too. he's not going to be. A, I, I'm, but I could see him catching fifty to seventy five right. passes there for the go. next ten years, which would be an amazing thing. But, but there you go. Baldwin right. Again. So yeah. So you know, the Metcalf thing is going to be an interesting experiment to see how that works out for us. I, I'm I'm not real sure because it seems to me that Russell's not real good dropping back and hanging out in the pocket. Once he breaks that pocket down and guys get to freelance a little bit, mm-hmm. that, that's that, where it's that, playground. That, that, that's when that's we're good. That's when he's I got to say, though, in this last preseason, the first half, Russell was sticking in the yeah, pocket really yeah, well. Yeah. That time he stepped in when uh, Rashad Penny yeah. whiffed his yeah. block. Oh, the guy came mm-hmm. right at him, yeah. and Russell stepped into the pocket, yeah. you know, like yeah. Aaron Rodgers yep. would step into the pocket yep. or Brady. And we don't usually see that from him. I think he is. It's another thing I like about Russell is he's, he, he, he is still learning and growing, you know what Definitely. I mean? Yep. And he is at the height disadvantage, especially when his linemen are 6'5". Yeah. But like he's, yeah. I, he's learning to, I think, navigate the pocket more like a traditional quarterback. Instead of breaking. I yeah. saw it last game. Yeah. Well, it, it helped that he had amazing – part of it's so much trust, you know what I mean? You don't blame him for getting out of there. The guy was taking you know, right. 80 so sacks hits. a year or yep. whatever. I mean, it's like so, – Man, what do you think of Joey Hunt? I don't. I don't really have that much of an opinion. Do you? I mean, I, I, he's a hairy son of a bitch. Yeah. Who's I mean, the other guy? Rose like, or who's that he's Yeti out guy. there? He's, he's not that big. I mean, isn't <laughs> Hunt only like six foot six one? He's not a real. Yeah. Did you just call him a Yeti? Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, you've seen this guy. <laughs> yeah. He's got more hair outside his helmet than I ever had <laughs> anywhere on my body. My right. Oh, that's right. pretty funny. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. You know, when you asked about the luck thing earlier to switch mm-hmm. team, you know. Um, and, and we were talking about Luck and his personal situation and everything. You know, you, you just as, a, as, a, as an interest story, I'm really rooting for Jacoby Brissett. He's always kind of been a backup yeah, guy. He's, good. He, he's never really had the opportunity to be a leader unless there's been injury. It's the first time that he's gotten the reins. He found out, you know, one day before we all found out that it's going to be his team this year. Um, they may make trades or do something in the offseason uh, after this. But I'm excited to see how he handles that you're going to be the starter this year. This is your team. It's the first time that anybody's had that trust in him. And when he's been in there in the past, whether it was New England or them, he's effective. Right. And he, so for guys like that that have been in the league for a while, like I'm 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 excited to see him play. Uh, I want to see how, how the other guys play. You know, we immediately downgraded a bunch of numbers for a bunch of guys, you know, in our projections and everything. But but um I, those are the situations this this year. Those are the kind of things I like to watch. Yeah, I, like, I, I don't know. Garoppolo is going to be as good as people think. No, right. I don't think just so. Just speaking of, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, backup. Yeah, yeah. Patriot well, quarterback coming after coming after the. You it's always find that year after guy, you have like, the, the, an injury, you come back and you're slowed. And then the word around camp away. is he's throwing a lot of picks and yeah. like he's not been very accurate. Yeah, right. what was it? And the other kid, what's the other row? kid that beat us? What's his name? Yeah, you know, and I'll tell you something about Garoppolo too. You know, in the fantasy drafts, he was everybody's darling. 
last year. He was yeah, everybody everybody just thought, licking everybody your chops. Everybody loved well, that guy that replaced him last him. year was a player. Yeah, yeah. He, no, no, but nobody will touch him this year in our fantasy drafts. Garoppolo. Nobody touched him. 19th, 20th round. He's still Where's sitting there. Where's Tayrod Taylor playing now? He was backing up last weekend at, uh, for for uh, San Diego. San Diego? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the quarterback. Rivers? Yeah, he Rivers didn't Rivers? play. He started the game. Because Rivers didn't play a single snap. It was Tyrod Taylor the whole time. I like him as a player. Yeah, he's all right. He did okay. Pro well, Bowler. I mean, yeah. You got well, three points on the board sh- against our middling a, defense. Against our so. middling, yeah, right? Buffalo should have kept him. He had something going on there. Yeah, yeah. But, they, you know, look, they, 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 they committed the young guy, and he's, he's pretty good, you know? Like I, uh, I, I don't get me started on the AFC East. I just got to say it right now. I'm so sick. When is the last time the Patriots played in a competitive division? Yeah, and t- you can go back 15 years since Buffalo, the Jets, or Miami was good. Mm-hmm. Not even one of them. There's been times where there's been expectations. That's like they're that's a gimme. They're like six and zero in their right. division. Right. I'm hoping. I'm hoping the Jets. Look, my friend's a big Jet fan. He's disappointed every year. I'm hoping this is their year. They brought in Ryan Khalil out of retirement for offensive line help. They got a nice defense going. They got in Levy on a year off. Like the. the I know, eight I know, and eight, eight and eight. I know, but and Darnold, even that's a step in the right, right direction, right? You know what I mean? But like, like just progressively, I want that team to get better. I want them to be the team that they can win eleven and twelve games and and push New England a little bit. Somebody to beat New. England. I mean, I think know. about it. We've seen firsthand how if you're going to win the Super Bowl or come with one one yard of winning the Super Bowl, you have home field advantage. Right. You, you have that first week by. Well, guess what? New England gets it pretty much every year because you pretty much chalk them up to 6-0 and in the division. Right. It's not they even a, a division that plays them yep. top. Like, even when our division's a little weaker, man, I never I never count the 49ers. I mean, there, there just seems to be, like, a rivalry in our division where everyone plays everyone tougher. Oh, yeah. I just feel like everyone just rolls over for New England. They do. And, it, you know, and part of that's Belichick. I mean, I, I, he just has that reputation. You, you know going into every game when you play them. That your best weapon is going to be completely neutralized. Completely. Absolutely. And you're coached. And that's why Pete Carroll can beat him, though. Because yeah. Pete goes, oh, I got this guy, CJ Prosize, yeah. <laughs> you have no tape on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's going to, you know, 150 right. You shut him down. Here's what I'm going to do. But, you know, like, like you know you're going to get outcoached when you're, when you're playing. That. And, and so, you know, when you're in that division, even as players, you know you're getting outcoached. And that's, that's tough. Pete's always good at making adjustments at halftime and explaining his adjustments. That's something that I see in youth sports all the time, especially teams that my son's played on the last few years, that one kid will have a direct route to goal, score three goals in the first half. We don't put an extra player on him or drop off with depth or make any tactical adjustment. I'm like... Yo, coach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what coaching is. Yeah. You know, you, it, the game is the rewards for all the work that the players do. And then the instruction comes during the practices. And then you pretty much let them play. You can have some small reminders. But once again, it's the time to fail, too. And I don't necessarily say, hey, that kid's open. Go pick him up. Because I want that kid to get the ball, score, and then you realize, oh, that guy was open. Yeah. You know, what did I do wrong? It's a high price to pay, though. Yeah. <laughs> it is. This but, is a learning moment. But yeah. in Another you, loss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but adjustments are, are, are key, and I think Belichick and, and Pete are the best at it, for Belichick's sure. Well, if great. you don't make the adjustments, yeah. Belichick, I mean, I mean uh, Belichick does that thing. Like, it was, it was maddening to watch how he used Cassius Marsh. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just... He, he put he Cassius Marsh in a position to fail, and he looked terrible. Yeah. I saw him play a couple times, and and I think Marsh is a good football player. I do, and yeah. Belichick has no patience. Yeah, I, I think, think so he. Too. I think he's our starting yeah. edge rusher. He's our edge guy. He he will be. But you know, you're right because Belichick. He, he, you know, it, it's funny because some games it's going to be James White, right? Some games it'll be it'll be this year Nikhil Harry. Some games it'll be Josh Gordon. Some games it'll it's going to be Rex Burkhead. Mm-hmm. Right, I like he, he, right, right. So, so 
nowhere else is that guy going to be successful. Mm-hmm. But when he knows, Belichick knows when I'm in the right set right. and they're in the right defense, that's going to be my guy for at least two series this game. You know what I mean? Um, until they make their adjustment out of it, then he's out. Then I go to the James White thing. I go back to this, and then they got to adjust to that, right? Like, he's always ahead that way, and that's what's so fascinating. He, he gets these guys, and you're like, the hell? Like, yeah. who? He Re- really, Rex no Burkhead? Life. It's, yeah. I just imagine Bill Belichick's life like Walter Matthau in <laughs> yeah. Bad News Bears. Like, yeah. The guy's the GM, too. Yeah. Yeah. He's like one of the only – only he manages – you know, like Pete doesn't really manage a game plan. No, huh? It, it doesn't coach. matter right. our right. opponent yeah. is. We're going to be in cover, too. And That's this right. year it's going to change exactly a little. Right. But we're going to be in yep. cover, too. We yep. have a simple system. You're going to have to beat us. Belichick, you know, they, they scout for everybody's weapon. Every it's package, a different yeah. – how does he have time? Right. Dude? It's no amazing. wonder he looks so miserable. It's amazing. Can you imagine him? His what his girlfriend's going through? I mean, how much quality time is is she having with him? She probably loves it though. It's perfect for her. Well, she doesn't spend too much time with him. <laughs> she gets the benefits, the perks. Is that why my wife works? Can't imagine yeah. a real barrel of monkeys <laughs> in, yeah. hanging out with Belichick. He's yeah. so morose. Yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit of fantasy and, and get out of here for some dinner and see grandma and all that good I stuff. Hope my, I hope my kids are all right, man. They're okay. They've been like six hours with grandma, the two-year-old, you know. She's still Ooh. nursing. Mm. So. Still on the nipple, huh? Hmm. Okay. It's, we're coming this fall. Yeah. Well, yeah, our kids always, they, you know, they, they, they breastfeed until they're two. Can you, can you blame them? Yeah. Two and a half even. <laughs> can you I blame was, them? <laughs> I was I was going till freshman year. Oh, shit. Can't argue with the teeth, yeah. right? I can't Love argue it. Calcium. We definitely need to shut this down. But no, I I often say, you know, why do we wean our kids off mom's teeth to go? Scandinavians find... don't, dude. They breastfeed right. till they're like five. Yeah, till right. they're standing up. Yeah, it's right. weird. Yeah. But why do we go find some other teeth to drink? Like the cow milk stuff. I, I don't understand why. Why do we do that? I've never been a milk guy. I put it in my coffee, but that's I, 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 I put I, a splash. That's yeah, I, I could count the times in my life that I've had like a glass of, glass milk. of milk. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. Know. I do have a Just weakness a for chocolate milk, chocolate milk occasionally. Yeah, I can do it with chocolate. Yeah, milk. but I'm I'm so fat now that it's like I mean, I'd rather just do a Guinness. Hey, hey, let's do a calories. sober October. The Johnny Evison's Sober October. And do like the first through the third or yeah. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going on. I mean, it's baby steps. You kidding? <laughs> I mean, mental health and yeah. you all right. If there's anybody out there, help us. <laughs> yeah. So uh, tell people about your new latest endeavor with Bull Market Fantasy. Um, so, yeah, we we uh, we were fortunate enough to um, partner up with Sports Illustrated for our fantasy, uh, for our business, and, and, and put all of our content, all of our tools on the Sports Illustrated platform and work with them on promoting everything. And and through that relationship, we did a, we started a collaboration. It'd be so much fun with uh, Jim Cramer from uh, from CNBC. So uh, we are we are starting a site which we just launched called Bull Market Fantasy with Jim Cramer for fun. And it's really about um, Jim Cramer uh, just being Jim Cramer, uh, yelling and screaming and having a good time and being really emotional. And picking Carson Wentz, yeah, and picking Carson Wentz in the seventh round, having us admonish him. Um, but it's 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 you know it's a story of really the common the, the common person who plays in his league at home and 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 is now immersed himself in the world with a bunch of uh, uh, professionals, top players in the world. And so you know 
with with the Kramer thing, we're doing a video series with him. We launched Bull Market Fantasy um, for a fun site. It's free with a lot of videos. We uh, we're putting content on there. He's doing a video every morning from the stock exchange floor, a couple minute video for fun, and then uh, a twenty to thirty minute video show twice a week, which we'll do on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And in that, he's just going to give a little fantasy advice, have some some fun guests on um, to give uh, a little bit of advice. But really, it, you know what? Um, it's re-energize me because it's a lot of fun right and and the whole goal of it's that it was fun like there's a lot of fantasy can be pretty dry you read fantasy content it can be dry you know what kramer's a lot of fun a lot of energy um and he is incredibly incredibly excited about doing it after doing financial stuff for so long he now gets the ability to do fantasy football videos and stuff so he's really pumped so his energy drives me and re-energizes me quite a bit why did you pick him out of all the people on the planet to host um you know it's a, that's a great question it it, it 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 came to us you know i wasn't smart enough to figure it out and go oh i'm gonna go get jim kramer um it came to us in a way that 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 it was it became a no-brainer right um when we had the opportunity to start working for him or working with him actually not for him um working with him on this project and so uh he's a hell of a salesman I mean, this guy can sell anything. He's incredibly passionate. He's a huge, huge football fan. And uh, for us, um, we feel like it's a good market for us uh, in fantasy with a lot of people that are stock traders. And look, part of the fun of the, of, of the fantasy show with him is to uh, is to have a lot of uh, of his vernacular into the fantasy show. You're sitting next to Mr. Vernacular right, right here. <laughs> Big word, Johnny. Yeah. That's, that's word, Johnny. pretty good. Johnny. Doesn't <laughs> even have a smile a, on Johnny's face. Doesn't even have a dollar sign <laughs> in it anywhere. Speaking of dollar signs, this is what your vernacular can get. Jim Kramer. Yeah. Why did you pay him $18 million to do this? When you had Johnny right here. Right. Well, we, you Should know, I'd that, 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 have that, done it for 18000 yeah, exactly. yeah, that deal um, bought the street. So it bought his his membership website, thestreet.com, which he does. You know, he has a show on CNBC, and uh, and he has a membership website that sells uh, stock advice and, and all sorts of does lots of videos and stuff called thestreet.com. He's got, you know, lots. It would make of no of sense that he already so. gave. I already had my chance fifteen years ago. Yeah. I don't have any platform. <laughs> Nobody reads novels, dude. No, everybody likes the Cliff Notes. Yeah, they just don't read. They'll is, buy them sometimes. Is Cliff Notes even a thing anymore? I, I, you know what? It's like calling it a Xerox. I don't know. You know, I just say Cliff Notes now. I don't think like they're band aid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Sure. You yeah, can yeah. still buy Cliff Notes. I don't. I don't know if can they're you? producing Cliff Notes for new titles anymore. But I mean, any. I, I still see them. They're still yellow. When, when we blocks. write our fantasy content, people don't like to read the long content. They want the they want the the Cliff Notes version. So yeah. we're we're actually what, why, and where. Yeah. So we're kind of developing this thing where it's uh where it gives you the kind of the the Cliff Notes version, and then there's going to be a little button to expand the page. It's going to be called the Nerd Button. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For all of us nerds like me that like to get more. Well, what's, those what's are the guys avatar? that are going to win. Would you quit kicking the table? We got to work on him. He is the squeaky chair. Now he's kicking the <laughs> I'm a little table. active. Like, it's hard for me to sit in a chair for yeah, two me hours. Too. Well, me, me too. too. Me too. I'm, yeah. I'm sweating. I got to go. All right. Hey, this has uh, been really fun, but I got to. I'm just terrified that my the baby's not holding it together. I probably don't need. Are you on Audible, by the way? Yeah. And how does that payment work? Or is that something you just I have to do? I don't know. I don't know if it gets wrapped in. I don't think Johnny I've ever just seen gets a check. checks. 
That mail, that's the mail. deal now. Johnny just gets checks. So Johnny's probably got in his car. He's probably that guy who's got in his car. He's got like four or five envelopes probably. With, he's like, open I up wish. Car with checks I wish. It. It's wires. <laughs> don't, don't it's say wires that. and they never come. I do. I'm still like your dad or something with my glasses on my nose, <laughs> filling out my paper bills and licking the envelopes. I still like to do it that way. I'd frankly, I'd just uh, as soon make my $2 million a year and put it in a coffee can and then I'll just give away the rest. My, my main uh, Democratic friend, uh, Andrew Yang has a great idea. About yeah, no, I know all about Andrew Yang. Yeah, I just, combining the post office with the bank. So your ATM and your teller is also the postal clerk to try to rejuvenize the U.S. postal system that's been failing. Amazon's it. not going to like that plan because they basically own the post office yeah. at this point. My I mean, they got him deliver him on, on Sunday. And My gosh. Yeah, but post people office. don't understand. I, at first, I was appalled by that. I, I, I was I, laboring under the uh, misconception that the postal service was actually paid for with taxes, right. and it was a. It's not. It's always been a. You know, it's it's USPS dot com, not dot org. You know, so. Uh, all right. Yeah, you um, should really do a business show with me and Ian because I, you know, I'm just such a business guy. I know everything. <laughs> I was worried that you were saying that because like, he's so he's screwed got, with money. I'm like so stupid. He's got a hoopty with duct tape. Yeah. I went in today and I go, I told my wife before I go in, I just want the brakes fixed on my kid's bike. I got the bike for 40 bucks and I go, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go in there and they're going to tell me it's not worth it. They're going to, they're going to try to, they're going to upsell me a new bike. I'm going to be paying $200 for a new used bike today. And I paid $195 for a new used bike because I knew they'd do that. Well, it's going to cost $30 to fix this uh, brake, yeah. $30. Uh, if I had the time, I could have fixed the brake. And then, you know, I had to leave the bike there. It's like, what do I – they're going to put it out in the scrap pile. It still looks new. And because they wouldn't do the brakes, I'm not like, that's – I'm dumb with money. I'm just like, I, I knew it was going to happen. Uh, I'm, you're I'm not going to let them sell me a bike. supporting I'm not gonna, the local economy. Yeah, sure. And and I'm, I'm throwing away a perfectly good bike because yeah. they're going to charge me 70 bucks to run a little brake wire. I mean, it's, yeah. Hey, <sighs> hey, that guy's just trying to buy dinner tonight for his family, Johnny. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he can eat somewhere nice now. He can eat down at... <laughs> He can eat down at, uh, you know. Hey, dude. He, he doesn't have to go to Papa Murphy's tonight because <laughs> yeah, he took my $195. Beautiful. Johnny Evison, Ian Ritchie, thanks for the conversation. I'll look forward to uh, catching up over football all throughout the season. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks, was. buddy. Thanks yeah. for having me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Bystander Podcast. Thank you. Yep, it's Ralph Frank. Ralph Frank. For you. For your brain, for your brain. Ralph Frank, Ralph Frank. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Ralph Frank, Ralph Frank. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shame at their fake eyes like eight eyes. They spank me as I scream. Go to swake me from this dream with a light tear barely gleam. And the night you hear the screams in the government fighting dreams. No one for peace, no one for me. Craziest ladies who watch their babies of iodine. Should I am fine like the print on a prenup? Though I felt my life consists of reading the papers with feet up, man. But I ain't tripping. He's
Stepping in shit for my neighbor's three pups Hey, watch the flower, but on the ancient you shall freed up And your anguish will just freeze up It's on the papers, but it's pre-stuffed in your brain Forget the name, forget the fame Faking as money's exchange I think it's amazing how money can change What you feel in your heart if you let it and regret it You're in debt with yourself Shit, man, not even I can measure myself Music is everything, we stuck in the measure of self But... By government, like shirts to a belt, shit, I be hovering so the earth could just melt. I'm drunk off love, it spills on my shirt as I belch. Stacked in bottles on a never ending shelf, stacks and models. I won't lie, I got no money, but my gold is in mine, and you can't ever take it from me. Unless I give it, but you niggas never listen. Just stay a puzzle, and I know that piece is missing. And stay a huddle, and it's at least forfeit inches. So I never forfeit inches, as in giving up. These magazines they listen up about these fake ass rappers who just live it up and never helping their people. All there is to me, help is of evil. I never could relate. Silver spoons and ivory plate The silver zooms just as reality shakes How will you eat what's given on reality's place? I see bliss, no matter how reality tastes These feet miss, thinking that they carry they weight I change fate on how my mind gets carried away Time is carried by fate In the ocean, regrets are carried by weight What's behind me as I'm floating at the perfect pace Didn't move and now I know I'm in a perfect state Even if I tomorrow in the dirt I lay Selfless, I know the shirts will say Help the hopeless and know this I never search for praise, search for Days where we all will see that the earth will change Seen a homeless man and he said he only searched for change I said we ain't so different and it really hurt to say